This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we've got game, RJ. What? As we watch Spine 289 in the Criterion Collection. That's the wrong movie. Steve James's Hoop Dreams. Uh-huh. From 1994. But first, how's it going, RJ? Well, He Got Game was directed by Spike Lee. No, we've got game. Yeah, I know, but He Got Game was Spike Lee, who who does have a cameo in Hoop Dreams. So, I mean, the connection is there, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it lands the way that we, we want it to. Is I it see. saying what we want it to say? Do you know what I mean? Is it going to paint the picture for the best summer ever? Is that what Hoop Dreams is about? How, how is uh, your summer looking, RJ? Best summer ever. You, you found Premier out. Told I mean, me well, I mean, well, last week, right, right, uh, day after we recorded, you found out you'll be uh, you'll be teaching online, which means going into a empty room mm-hmm. and teaching in front of a camera. Yep. Well, I've done it before. Yep. And uh, I'm sure it'll happen again mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean i got that last week but then now as of yesterday everyone is going back home even you jared uh, or I, are you unfortunately i i uh i i got ahead of the curve because uh I'm, I'm already on layoff so i'm good yeah it's a beautiful thing yeah, it's a beautiful thing uh, there, there is no way that a comic book store can be deemed an essential business that stays open. Well, it's it's essential to the people who rely on it for for a, a wage and income, RJ. Don't you understand? <laughs> well, I, I know Gundams are important, Jarrett, but that can't be what's uh, holding that store open while everything else gets closed can, can you down think, over the can next you, couple Can you weeks. think about what the suicides would be if the comic book store couldn't sell Gundams? If the if they, the supply they're, line they're, of Gundams was cut off, there would be piles of the dead in the street. They could. Well, they, I, I'm aware. They'd be cutting their arteries with God hands. I, I'm going to assume that's a mini fig type thing. <laughs> it but, sure uh, is. Um, I, I'm well aware of what's going to happen when we cut off Gundams to the people, but I think we're at a point where, where we need to do it. Where are people going to get their Yugi cards, huh? Where are they going to get their uh, blue eyes white dragons, huh? I, I would recommend that anyone who is looking for the Yu-Gi-Oh cards can come to me, and uh, I will tell you why you don't need it in your life. Yeah, because you're a recovering uh, Yu-Gi-Holic? No, but I uh, I once worked at said comic book store, and I, uh, I helped with the Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments, and uh, I'm going to tell you, Jarrett, I think the world would be better off without Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Hmm. Now, other things are fine. You know, your minifigs, Gundams, comic books, other card games. Magic's a little iffy, but uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh crowd specifically, Jared, I think needs to be dissolved. Well, Magic is a a gateway to the occult. And some would say Yu-Gi-Oh is a gateway to Magic. But it doesn't work that way. People people just want their Dark Magician cards and their Harpy Queens and... Actually, I don't think it was Yu-Gi-Oh. What was? It? What do you? What's ter- what's the thing on Saturdays? The the game. Yu-Gi-Oh. It is Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay. Yeah. For a second, I was like, was it a different, nerdier oh. card game somehow? No, it's Yu-Gi-Oh. It's always been, always will okay. be. Uh, okay. Unless you want to dip your toe in some hero clicks. You like it? Hero clicks. Yes, that was another one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. 
No. No? I'm good. You're fine? No. Hey, can uh, do you know anyone who's interested in buying a, a slightly used Bane statue? <laughs> well, well loved. It's been it's been well loved and cared for. Mm. How about a uh, entire collection of Lost, the TV show on <laughs> DVD that was purchased in China? But I assure you, every episode is on is in that collection. There's no funny business. Uh, but but so your Chinese bootleg Lost and <laughs> a, a Bane statue. I mean, this sounds like good contest material. Uh, where are the where the winner oh. uh, winner pays shipping? <laughs> Well, I yeah, if they pay shipping, like the Bane it would be a bit of a pain in the ass. I do still have the original box, like Good, packaging. Well, thank God. Does it have a certificate of authenticity? Uh, if you would write one, yes, it would. Because okay. you, you were the uh, establishment it was purchased from. The Lost DVDs collection does not. Uh, <laughs> however, the, the information on the back is in Mandarin. So. Oh, it's it's authentic enough, Man. but the, the the audio is in English. The audio is in English. Okay. So okay. So uh, you're doing good then. You, you... Yes, yes, I'm quite well, Jared. Uh, I every day in uh, in our home province of Creepsville mm-hmm. here is a is an adventure. We are, I think, the highest COVID in all of North America. I, I, I highest percentage. I, you know, I did see. Um... A chart, you know, people can make charts though pretty easily, and you throw it up on Reddit, and then people go, "Holy shit, it must be true." Well, you um, could make a chart right now. If I, you I could, to. and we'll be the number one podcast globally, and uh, that, that and, is and everyone would go, "Wow, there's a chart, and it proves it." <laughs> well, it's not the chart; isn't the thing that proves it. It's the fact that we're the only podcast. Mm. So it, it's just by out of that logic, we are. So no. What was the chart you saw? Oh, uh, Alberta, I think, was like, if, if you considered Alberta as a country, our mm-hmm. uh, was it our per capita would mm-hmm. be only second to Argentina. Um, wow. We're number two. Even uh, over again, a... again, because Edmonton uh, last, last time around was, uh, mm-hmm. like, I think one of the highest in the world, like second to the States back when they were, like, in full-on super crisis mode. If, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're saying we have a chance? I think I think things are going to work out just fine. Uh, federally, uh, there's some emergency uh, like thing going on discussing Creepsville, and uh, they're they're like wondering what's what are we going to do about it? It's mostly about just dressing down and being like, mm-hmm. what's wrong with these people? What, why, why can't you just comply with some, some simple rules? And then someone comes along and goes, because we're different. We have, we have behavioral differences. Our very, our, our very our own premier was talking about in Alberta, that there's behavioral differences here. And you go, interesting. The, the, the behavioral differences of like people who then threaten to kill him and his mom on Facebook. Sure. Um, <laughs> and uh, you go, huh, cool. These are your, this is your, this is the base. <laughs> These are the people you want to keep happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh, but speaking of which, uh, I, I probably haven't talked about it, but there's a, there's a restaurant in uh our fine province um they, they've been shut down locks have been put on after they've been defying orders to be shut down despite having all licenses taken away from them being multiplied mm-hmm. order well i checked out their facebook page um last night and yeah. they had a what they claimed rj was a mm-hmm. meat loaf sandwich 
Ooh. Uh, sounds pretty good, right? Um, yeah. I, I don't know if I have it on hand to send you, but uh, give, me, give me a moment here, RJ. Fill some dead air while I okay. get this ready for you. Well, what what kind of a – where is this restaurant? Is it in Creepsville C- proper? No, or? Uh, C- Central Creepsvalia, we'll say. Oh. And do you are you not going to name? I prefer Sid, not. Uh, I prefer not to let any speak about them ever. Okay. Ever. Well, I, I'm I'm eagerly awaiting this uh, picture, and okay. Uh, okay. I mean, I think we all want to know what's going on here <laughs> okay. with okay. this meatloaf sandwich. Right, okay, yes, yeah, meatloaf sandwich. Uh, I, 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 this is you're gonna get. This is this is uh, coming through Messenger here. Okay. I I've dabbled in meatloaf sandwiches. Okay. Oh, but, uh... Zoom in on that. Is that spaghetti? <laughs> well, it could be spaghetti. Is it spaghetti? It, no, it's not. I, 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 I don't want to zoom in. It's really gross, even maybe, from afar. I mean, I've seen some people say, is that is it, are those worms? Because they, they look like worms. But, of course, then yeah. I, I, someone did comment. They're like, you know what that looks like? Oh. Uh, gach. Gach. <laughs> yeah, nice plate of gach. Yeah. Well, I'm glad someone uh, had the had the stones to uh, drop some uh, Klingon uh, delicacies on this uh, establishment. Uh, yeah, that sandwich is one of the grossest things I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and uh, that, I feel like I'm a ber- worse person for you having shown it to yeah. me. See, I, I I will say that uh, uh, these often these restaurants, these problematic restaurants that exist in Creepslandia, you mm-hmm. you check out their page and you see what their wares are when they like do not know how to use camera settings or like aware of light or presentation. They just snap a candid shot of their food and Mm -hmm. it's just always disgusting. Like it's always looks like shit. And you're like, Holy fuck. You want to trust people for this? And then there's people go yum. (laughs) You're like, "Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we made that at home. Like it'll be like fine. But uh, you know, you're a restaurant. This is your craft. This is your mm-hmm. your industry, and uh, I feel it should be a standard. So, are you are you telling me that you haven't already ordered a couple for us to eat live on air? Or? Oh, I've just ordered some T-shirts about like th- something about like the the whistle will never stop blowing for freedom. Oh, uh, that's good too. The, the, the type of person who's like, this is the most important thing you'll see all day, and it's like a, the 1960s Bill of Rights or some shit signed by Diefenbaker. <laughs> I've seen that on a lot of this network of people who just like, all of a sudden they become very informed and very passionate about like charter rights, which are things that they complained about previously when they helped out people they didn't like. Do you think that uh, those people passed social studies in high school? No, 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 no. That class was boring. What bore- about science? That cl- no, no. They they were really good at gym, kind of. Yeah, I was good at gym. Yeah, yeah. I took the co-ed gym so I could dom. Yeah. On all the ladies in there because of my grotesque physical stature the, the, and my um. With your hair and sweat. Yeah, which has been previously noted by uh, mm. colleagues of mine. Uh, yeah, so they they didn't want to get into close proximity with me, which left me open for all sorts of activity. Like I'm talking shots, I'm talking goals, I'm talking touchdowns, baby. I mm. had it all. So uh, pretty good at gym, Jarrett. But I, did, uh, I, I didn't realize there was a co-ed gym. There was. Yeah. When? when? In when high school. Oh, see, high school. See, there you go. That's the difference had, maker. 
we had the option you could do yeah uh great tens all... the, yeah around here great great tens the last time you have to take it and then it's it's uh, smooth sailing from there on in so rj's a guy who opt for it well, I, I actually I, I stopped at grade ten as well. I took all of my sciences. Those took oh, up all of my so, uh, so what electives. Are, so what are you talking about here? What are you talking about? I this? dommed in grade ten. I see. I see. Yeah, but we were you were given the choice. You could either go all boys, all girls, or you could go to the co-ed gym. And you, uh, I picked that one because I wanted to really flex. You, you weren't going golfing in grade eleven. No, you go golfing and like you can go curling and and stuff like that, but. Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't take it. I uh, I did all my sciences, and then I had some spares in the last year, so I oh. didn't 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 have to go to school. <laughs> oh, spa- oh spa- spares are pretty sweet. Especially Jarrett, the school I was going to, you only took two classes a day, so that a spare was a whole three hours. God damn. So if your spare was in the morning, you didn't even have to go to school until noon. Mm-hmm. It's pretty nice. But then you have to kiss that Pope's ring. Well, I mean, there's uh, there's things that happen in uh, high schools. So, anyways, why was there spaghetti in that sandwich? Uh, meatloaf, RJ. It's uh, yeah, but meatloaf sa- doesn't have spaghetti in it. S- some some do, I guess. Um, anyway, yeah, that's that's food talk and current events. Um, sure. I mean, whatever. I don't know. Life's life's good, you know. So you're going back into retail uh, yep. while we have the highest numbers in the world. I, I'm gonna just say, correct. Other than Argentina. Oh, but but don't. But you know what's great is there's only gonna be allowed ten people in the store at any given point. That that's gonna turn the tide because you know how many people we've allowed into the store for the last six months. Hundreds. Ten people. Oh right. Yeah. Well, and now it's really... ten people. So that's. Yep. Everything you know what? So other than me not still being able to eat in goddamn taco time, I gotta go mm-hmm. eat outside like an animal. In your car? No, uh, like outside because I'm walking. I'm oh, walking right. to talk, so I have to like we'll find a a curb, perhaps a, a a park bench like ten minutes away because we don't build places for people to sit. That attracts undesirables, like guys well, wanting to eat taco time. Well, that taco time too. It's in a uh, part of town that. Uh, Sometimes, you know, it's uh, gets a little dicey after dark. I saw mm-hmm. a mugging on that side of town once. Yeah? Yeah, I did. Me and some buddies, we were hanging out in the parking lot, you know, doing guy stuff. and uh, Flexing? Yeah, we were flexing on each other. And um, we heard a lady scream, and we went, huh? And then we saw a dude running, and we went, huh? So we chased him, but uh, he, had, uh, he had drug strength or something. Like, he was so fast, and he just <laughs> didn't get tired. He was really skinny. And, uh, man, mm-hmm. he was fast. We tried. We couldn't get him, though. Well, and we tried to look for that lady, and she well, was gone, too. What was the plan after, if you had caught him? I don't know. Uh, RJ, makes a, a, RJ makes a hands-up gesture? I don't know. Well, I mean, if you heard a lady scream and you saw a guy running away, your instinct might be to follow as well, right? Or to pursue. We're all, we just want to see and be like, hey, man, did, did you hurt that lady? Or did, 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 what's going on? Did anyone go to check on her? No, we we went and she was gone by the time we came, I came see. back. Okay. Because we chased, we 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 made chase for a couple blocks and uh, not gonna lie to you, Jared, we weren't in fighting shape at the time, so <laughs> no. we we, we well, couldn't keep up to this guy. Yeah, all that flexing. We were flexing too much. We burnt no. off all of our energy yeah. showing off to mm-hmm. each other that when we actually needed it, yeah. we didn't have it anymore. All so show, all show, no is, gas. Well, it's I, it's kind of like uh, the grasshopper and the ant, Jared. 
You got to be like the ant. You yeah. got to you got to store and you got to <laughs> build up your supplies all year. Don't be like the grasshopper. Haven't you seen a bug's life? Uh, Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, uh-huh. Well, I mean, this has been an interesting conversation. I don't know what people complain about. This is this. Yeah. Why it, is our listenership going down? This is this is hot stuff. Hot stuff. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get it anywhere else. Nope. I tell you that much. That's right. This is the creeps experience. Full body. This is what people pay for. Nope. Nope. As a free podcast. Email. Female. <laughs> yeah. Sam Loveland. Ooh, slam love machine. Interesting. With an email entitled, what's up? Not much. Hello, creeps. Haven't uh-huh. been checking in lately due to being busy with work and school. Thankfully, cool. my semester has finally ended, so now it's time to kick back and enjoy the just now starting to warm weather, as well as catch up on Criterion Creeps episodes. Ooh. In the episode from, I believe, two weeks ago, you two were discussing Neon Genesis Evangelion and the release of the fourth Rebuild movie, 3.0 plus 1.0. <laughs> So very, okay. very, very clear. Uh, yep. The movie actually has been released theatrically in some places, okay, and ran for about a week or so before most theaters shut down. I've spoken to some people who live around the world who were lucky enough to go see it, but who knows when or if we'll ever be getting to see it in theater in North America. Doubtful. Um, well, maybe in the States. They seem to be doing okay now. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Kinda. It's, it's, it all depends on which part of the states you're in. The uh, one, the, certain states yeah, the war, might the, be able the, to open movie well, theater soon. See, this is, that, this is that weird thing, right? Because, like, obviously, vaccines are sure. around, but that doesn't prevent you from getting sick. It just means no. you won't maybe get that sick. And uh, yeah. I, I feel like this, like, oh, the numbers are dropping. You're like, yep, because the weather's nicer. But... Once that weather gets too nice and then it starts getting really warm and then people start going inside where the air conditioning is like they do in the south, those numbers, mm-hmm. we'll see. By then, I don't know. Last year was the same kind of thing. They had a late first wave in Florida, Texas, sure. I, I, I believe. So Northeast is still kind of dealing with it because it's it's cool spring. Cool spring? Cool spring. I prefer not cool spring. Yeah. But, Moist spring. But I did see some good numbers for California when I was looking this stuff up. Their their uh, per capita was quite a bit lower than it had been recently, which is very good, since they were quite bad. Good good job, Sam Sanchez. Good job, Sam for, and for, the for celebrities look, for, for looking into that and celebrities. Well, I mean, yeah, Sam well, Sanchez is my favorite celebrity. Mine too. I mean, they're the ones doing all the hard work down there. They're the mm-hmm. ones telling us how we should be operating and telling you know I mean? and, and telling us the stories of ourselves. Wow. Some would say that it's not the time for entertainment and celebrities, but Tom Cruise would say now more than ever. Hell yeah. Did you ever, did anyone send you that video after the Oscars? No. I can't remember who sent it to me. A bad <laughs> it person. After, it, it was after, that wasn't, it wasn't you, was it? No. Okay. It was, it was after 9-11. What? Tom Cruise, <laughs> oh, okay. Tom Cruise was doing his Oscars like intro thing. And uh, yeah. he, was, he was like, some people feel like it's not the time for entertainment. He's like, but I'd say now more than ever do we need movies. And I went, Tom, you're operating the boat up here, man. Good for you. That was, Good for you. That was 2002. Yes. 
That, that was yeah. So it was like what, four months after, five months after. Well, yes, half a year, I guess, September to yeah. February. Yeah. So also keep in mind, it's like, oh, hey, you know what? Next year, that'll be twenty years ago. Ooh. <laughs> it's like holy shit. Yeah. The, so it's, it's how tw- old were you? Twentieth anniversary this year. Can you imagine the the fucking uh, horse and pony show that will it will be? Well, uh, are you gonna get some t-shirts and some hats made for the kids? Podcast themed? No, uh, 9-11 themed. That's what I mean. But we'll, yeah, we'll, but it'll, be like, it'll crossover. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not my. It's not my. It's not my plan. No, it's okay. not at all. One way or another, between podcast t-shirts and uh, remembering and domestic whatnot. terrorism. Yeah. Well, dom- whoa, 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 whoa. I'm saying because it happened domestically. It oh, it didn't. It didn't happen abroad. The yeah. the terrorism we well, don't the, the, the terrorism that people don't care about when it's happening elsewhere. Well, I mean, like if I went to stay at a hostel in, like, let's say Holland, and then someone blew it up, that would be not domestic terrorism. Well, unless you lived there, that it would be domestic. Well, what are them, What are you? What, 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 what were you doing in Holland at the time, RJ? Getting clogs. Yeah. Oh, is that all? What else? What else? What was your part of your agenda? That was it. Okay. You can't get a pair of those here. They're not going to make them, right? You got to go to the source. I see. I see. Very, go to the com- very convenient. Well, hey, you know, I'm just a guy who likes uh, solid wood shoes. What, what can I say? Exporting. What can I say? My God. We should probably move on before we say anything too uh, incriminating. <laughs> you and your clogs. Another thing you guys uh-huh. mentioned in a recent episode that I want to circle back on was your discussion Uh-oh. of eating unsanitary food in the Jules and Jim episode unsanitary food yeah until like, a few years ago i was known for my habit of fearlessly eating food found on the ground or in oh, gar- garbage cans what is what is going on with our listeners here i'm gonna stop listening to all of you people. <laughs> something i've subsequently stopped okay uh, the big of this was when on a trip to Seattle some three or four years ago, I ate a piece of gum off the infamous gum wall located down oh, a stairway right next Sam. to Pike's place. There's a picture of it on my Instagram for all the real heads. It's the kind of crazy oh. when you can get away with eating, especially as a child. <laughs> I, I love I, I love if someone writes into a podcast and talks about how they eat food out of the garbage can. It's so good. Uh oh man see this is the kind of stuff we 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 never will have like a harmony korean listen to this podcast but this is what they need this is what those people need todd salons he could he could write a whole movie about this i want more i guess so if you have people like i want more of that kind of content you know i don't things that things that don't belong in a movie podcast i mean we do that already we've been doing that we've been doing that for like 20 minutes here about things that don't belong. Nobody wants to hear about this shit. But here we are. That since day one, buddy. We're pining. But I, I just got to say to the Sams and the Olivers out there, you're better than eating out of the garbage, okay? <laughs> Not to say that. Fast food, food court, right? And, and yeah, know. waiting for people to leave their food at the mall. Not to say that, you know, there's an issue with that. Like, some people are hard up, and that's what, how they have to eat. That's fine. Sure. But... I think that in like say Oliver's situation where he was he was watching them until they were finished and then leaving and then he swooped in and then didn't they come back or something? <laughs> but also just 
eaten right out of the garbage. Like, George, well, I mean, I what, know, what, 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 what if, sandwich. what if it was right on top, just like George Costanza? I mean, I I know there there's a lot there's a lot more info we need. Like, what else was in the garbage? Was it a personal garbage or was it a public gar- like can like just on a busy street? That's a little bit more problematic. Right. What's you know? what's Oscar supposed to be eating? People have taken his food. The Grouch. Yeah. I does he eat garbage or does he just live in? He the garbage? Well, I assume that it's like probably a self uh, sufficient system. Where he's eating that which comes to him. Like he's not he, I don't I don't recall him leaving his can. And it seems to be like people bring him food. Maybe he's got a okay, so, so he's got an extremely high metabolism. Okay, so on MuppetFandom.com. Yep. Yes. Oscar the Grouch. Uh, it says Oscar eats a lot of the same foods that people like. However, he prefers them mixed together in unusual combinations. So it's not saying explicitly that he eats garbage. He just likes to eat weird stuff put together. I'm going to dig a little deeper. I've, maybe, there's some you know, images on here. I would say that they probably had to do it that way because otherwise uh, there could be a kid who's like really like, you know, garbage is good enough for Oscar. It's good enough for me. Good enough for me. Well, I mean, I, I do stand by any anything any of the Sesame Street guys do. It is good enough for uh, for me and you. But uh, I'm not saying anything else. This is a huge, this is like 18 pages long. Uh, apparently, Oscar claims to own a cell phone. Uh, he says, but it weighs seven pounds. Now, where did he get that cell phone? Apparently, it was an old one from Jim Henson that he threw away. Okay. See? Okay. Look here. I, okay. I got to the food thing. So he likes unusual combinations. Once he paid Ernie and Bert a visit and traded his ice cream cone uh, for a banana with ice cubes and gravy on it. Another time, he invited Candace Bergen to join him for lunch, which would consist of clam tuna pie with chocolate sauce and anchovies. See, I, I, this is um, kind of part of I think encouraging children. You don't want to be poor and living in a garbage can because this is look at all that gross stuff he has to eat. Well, well, I mean, that could be part of it. It says his favorite food is anchovy milkshakes. There you go. But he dislikes rainbows. See? Kids, don't don't be like Oscar. I mean... It's pretty anti... It's it's, pretty, it's, it feels pretty anti-poor to me. I, I'm disappointed, I'm, Jim Henson. I mean, it's not his fault he lives in a garbage can. Well, I mean, he was designed by uh, his, like, the god of Jim Henson. This heartless son of a bitch. Jim Henson was a heartless son of a bitch because he, he, he made Oscar that way. Oh, he, well, I mean, he, but he, he also made Snuffleupagus. Yeah, that abomination—that's an abomination. It depends on how you look at it. What's that? What, what's that fucking crazy monster called? Snuffleupagus? No, no, no. He, well, he's like an elephant. He's he's pretty lovable. But there's like the thing. There's like a the monster in uh, Sesame Street Jim Henson stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, I know the guy, Snuffle. the orange guy. But he's got a name, though, like Snuffles or something like that. I think it's um, Big Something Sniggins, Sniggins, Snuggins or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I will look into this. Oh, this, this is, is going to take hard, some digging. This is hard-hitting stuff. Telly Monster? No. Schnookums? Um, well, apparently a very common search thing is who has died on Sesame Sweetums. Street. Sweetums. That's what I'm Sweetums. thinking of. Sweetums. 
Yeah. Sweetums. Okay. Sweetums is my boy. I knew I knew who you meant. I just uh, I couldn't picture the name. That oh. dude's cool, man. Oh, Sweetums is awesome. Yeah, Sweetums is pretty cool. I don't know. He, I, don't, I don't care what he eats. I want to be cool like him, no matter what. Did he ever cameo in uh, um, the uh, like the? He was in a lot of the Muppet movies, right? Sweetums. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. He's cool. Yeah. He's he's a good shit. I'm down with Sweetums. Yeah. Yeah. Pro Sweetums. Hey, anyway. So back yeah. to Sam, the garbage man, Loveland. Oh, God. Yes. I'd also like to shout out Sam Sanchez for finally following me back on Letterboxd after several months of following him. Wow. Shit. Wow. I, I, I encourage this kind of emailing and call out people that you have an issue with. That's I right. think it, it's not only is it cathartic for you, but uh, you should air your grievances with other people. Do it. Mm-hmm damn do it i wasn't expecting that i i'm all for it i think other people should email in about problems they've had with other uh listeners as well (laughs) encourage a healthy debate (laughs) yeah do you have a problem with someone do you just not like Jarrett? let us know tell us why on an unrelated note i think i know the answer to this question but out of curiosity do either of you two read any scholarly film analysis or otherwise consume any high level or academic film literature (laughs) I've been trying to nope. find stuff on John Ford since I'm starting to dive into his filmography, and I know there's been a lot of big brain stuff written on him. So far, it all just kind of seems made up with, I guess, one or two interesting insights here and there. I do feel like my knowledge of like the more nitty-gritty or technical aspects of filmmaking and how they interact with the movie's themes or story or whatever is definitely lacking, but I guess I just need to watch more movies. Anyways, sorry for the long email. Enjoy the show. Sam, slam, love machine, Loveland. You don't have to be sorry. That's what we're here for, bud. Um, how, how, Sorge, can you recommend any uh, high-level slash academic film literature? I think Cinema Sewer is about <laughs> yeah. as high high level as I get. That's a thing, right? That's a thing that exists. Well, I mean, I haven't had to, like, hit up JSTOR for a long time. Uh, you know, checking- Like the... JSTOR, like the Academic Journal yeah. web database? Yeah, I've been to do that for a long time. Uh, yeah, I mean, in the early days of the podcast, you know, I, uh-huh. tried, to, I, put a, I tried to put a little bit of legwork in back when, sure. when I was a little bit more hungry, gave a sh- yeah. little bit more of a shit, hit up uh, mm-hmm. the old university library, picking up, because back in the earlier days, like the Criterion represented a lot of the canon people, and usually there's three or five books on those types, like a Bergman, a John Ford, and you mm-hmm. grab those. And, I mean, it depends on what you're looking for, I guess. Like, a lot of it is going to be, I don't know, something above trivia, uh, production-related, technical, very focused on biographical elements of a director or the actors or what the studio sure. was doing. It's, you know, that kind of element but i mean as far as um yeah i find i do find film scholarship pretty lacking because i feel like it's kind of just stuck in kind of a a framework of analysis that's pretty dull and it's it's very predictable like once you've read some of it like you read these criterion essays and i mean 
there's those times where they're completely out to lunch and you're, they're talking about things. You're like, what the fuck? Like you're just writing to make up things now. Cause you need, mm-hmm. you need to hit the, that thousand words that you agreed to. And you're like, here's a take. And sometimes I think that it becomes easy to get into this mode and write stuff, not very effortlessly. Um, mm-hmm. Once you get into the mode of thinking and writing this particular way. So like, yeah. I don't know. Like saying divorce Italian style is uh bookended by cars and trains. Wow, that that thing is like the wildest read there is because it's like I don't know if you watched this movie. He, the person clearly didn't. They did, but I, I couldn't imagine watching it that way and arriving at these things because you're like, huh, this is you're describing a different story. <laughs> but I don't know. It's uh, sixteen years is a long time. <laughs> I mean, sixteen years is a long time. Yeah. Uh. Well, in terms of my scholarly reading on uh, cinema, Jarrett, um, I have you, and that's mm-hmm. about it. That's me. But, I mean, if he's looking for things on John Ford, you don't have to read essays. Just at, just look where the horizon is, and that's all you need to know about John Ford. That's going to tell you everything you need to know about his filmmaking, right? What about uh, what about reading some Armand White? He, he, uh, I, don't, I don't know what that that means and uh well, frankly, a, it sounds offensive he is the uh some would say he's offensive he's the guy who likes to rain on the parade of rotten tomatoes people by showing up as the one review on like a toy story 3 who doesn't like it and then he tackles it oh. uh and, tr- and he puts these movies under a lens and just says this is part of a bigger issue here <laughs> i mean that's good too right Oh yeah, he, those people, I mean, right? That's the thing, because so, you could view a lot of what he says at, is uh, contrarian, but mm-hmm. some, sometimes uh, let's see here. I'm I'm just on his page right now because like he'll look at something and like find uh, really great merits to something that most people go, "That's bullshit." Like this is just crap. Like I don't want to watch this. But he kind of goes, "Well, I can write this about this thing in a way that makes it sound good, <laughs> impossibly." Hmm. I don't. Uh, I don't know anyone who would do such a thing like that. I surely avoid that at all costs. I always know what I'm talking about. Always. Always. Yeah, I mean, there, and there's certain movies that will. I don't know. Yeah, I would. My my thing is like go to the read. I would read interviews with the director, and then, man, you go deep enough onto a director, you start going through those uh, uh, footnotes, those uh, bibliographies, and you've just follow those trails around or, or start doing your own research and take classes outside of uh, film. I think that's probably the most important thing you could probably do is take, uh, you know, like uh, things that don't exist, like sociology, take, take one of those. Uh, sociology doesn't exist. What about critical analysis? And then like do those sorts of studies. You can get outside of that too. There's a whole world mm-hmm. of ways of thinking about this. And uh, it, it becomes contradictory to what you'll see in what, movie critics will discuss because they're i don't know we're we're closer to that probably but we're i don't know rj are we a couple of straight shooters <laughs> i've i've never been anything but and uh i think if he needs to listen hear about our opinions on critics and entertainment in general just listen to last week's episode you i know, I for fake I don't, I don't even know Sums what happened. It all up. i don't even know what happened last week well, uh, it was a movie about art, how art isn't real. It's the only time I'm going to remember a previous episode we did because it, solid- it cemented my opinions. Mm-hmm. So it's not real, dude. I got you. I got you. You know. 
Well, next oh. up, uh-huh. Jared Berger. Real guy. With an email entitled Film Making. Ooh. Dear Creeps, in anticipation of the production of my film, Chugs Along. Ooh. My thoughts dwell on films depicting filmmaking. What are hmm. your favorite films about filmmaking? Some from the show I recall liking quite a bit are Eight and a Half and Contempt, despite you guys' disinterest. On the more technical side, I love Blowout and The Conversation. Any biopic historical ones like Disaster Artist or Dolomite Is My Name float your boat? Hmm. Yeah. Disaster uh, artist is pretty good. Yeah. Well, I guess he knows those those boys. Uh man. Mm-hmm. Uh, American movie. I think is the. I think pretty mm-hmm. pretty awesome and depressing mm-hmm. and real. RJ, real. Yeah. No. Uh, American movie is uh, top at the top. I believe it's hard to hard to come by now, though, isn't it? Uh, hard you, to track down. You well, you get interlibrary loan it or. Yeah. Uh, manifest it digitally i'm pulling up a list and these have fucking oh my god this one list has got like a what is it okay 112 i i I was looking at the likes for a second i'm like 1100 movies about filming bullshit this one's a little bit more 283 let's take a scan through this because i have seen 87 films about filmmaking you have i have Hmm. adaptation that sounds like inflated yeah okay yeah. And every, of course, everybody loves Argo, RJ, and the artist. That, that's not really about filmmaking, though. <laughs> Argo. Well, there's a yeah, it's a stretch. That's why this list is uh 283 deep. Sure. So, uh, oh, Barton Fink, come on. Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, that, that's more of like so, the writing so, process. Oh, well, it's about uh, industry. It's about the creative endeavor. Yeah. Sure. But uh, yeah, uh, so actually, a lot of some of my favorite movies are about this very topic. Now that I'm looking over the list, Barton Fink adaptation. Uh, I think Be Kind Rewind could be inspiring. I think it's a very charming movie. It's not exactly what I wanted, but I think when I because I took a, it took me a very long time to actually sit down and watch Be Kind Rewind, but I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I'm surprised to hear. Uh, how about Brigsby Bear, RJ? I know you're a fan. <laughs> Baby, that shit is good. I will. Ne- I don't think I'll ever revisit it because I don't know if it'll hit the same if I uh, watch it again. I think, as I mentioned before, I was in an emotionally compromised state when I watched that movie, and I found it to be very nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. How about Boogie Nights? Uh, I think that's a stretch. It is but, about. Yeah. It is about. Uh... Well, it's more about the adult film industry. Yeah, specifically, and, and 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 an amazing movie. Yeah, it's it's a great movie, but uh, I think in terms of what we're talking about, I don't know if it uh, fully. <laughs> what about Hail Caesar? <sighs> has uh, has opinion shifted on that thing nah. yet? Is everyone with us now, nah. or do people still think that people, that's a good movie? It, it's 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 the Coen Brothers comedy thing. It either works for you or it does not. That. And it, it does. And they can make five different comedies, and people will feel differently about each single one of them because it's all about tone with them. Well, I feel like you and me are the only people who actually watch that movie, though. Sometimes. <laughs> no. Do you know, do you know what I mean? How oh, about, well. does Life Aquatic count as a film about filmmaking? No, I don't think so. No, uh, but it's on this list. How yeah, I I disagree. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man with a movie camera. A little bit of that uh, Vertov, you know what I'm saying? Vertov. 
I know her fav. How about nine? <laughs> oh, the uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. Film. I didn't watch that one, so you'll have to you'll have to fill that in for both uh, of us. I think I think the review for that of mine is one of my more popular ones. Oh, uh, oh, I remember nine. <laughs> yes, I see. I can't believe I was the first one there to make that joke. I know. Like maybe I, on the internet. Maybe on the well, internet. You were the first person on Letterbox. I'm pretty confident you were one of the first ten users of the site. So. Ooh, uh, how about uh, Quentin Dupuis' reality? That's good. Oh, Quentin Dupuis is one of my faves. I, lo- I love that guy. He's the one of the greatest filmmakers out there. Yeah. Dupuis? Making make, make movies today. I have, to, I have a copy of his movie Deerskin I still have to watch. Yeah, it's one of his best. I, I mean, they're I, all, I, it's I, hard, I, to, hard I, to rate them, you know? I, I, hope, I hope to find out for myself. And this is all, oh my God, this list is all fictional films. No documentaries? Um, well, uh, yeah, where's all the docs at? Ooh, yeah, there we go. This has got uh, some reminders. Overnight, I think, is awesome. Is that the, uh, the, the, is that boon, the Boondock Saints? The boondock, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that guy sucks so much. <laughs> so good. Okay. So good. And yeah, yeah, American Movie, I think, is the tippy top for me, though, as far as like, I don't know if it'll make you feel good or not. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I really liked America. Oh, it's awesome! I, I yeah, and I mean, I didn't feel bummed out at. Well, yeah, I mean, you you feel a little bit for him, right? You're like, man, I wish things worked out for you, Mm -hmm. or like, not that they had didn't, but it's like, I I wish you, I wish he had gotten more. It's like you deserved more, bud. It's it's a a real American tale, an American movie. I mean, I think American movie and Hoop Dreams would make a pretty good double feature. Mm -hmm. The promise of America, Jarrett. Movie dreams, film dreams. That the promise. Uh, Jared continues. To, oh, right. to relate it to food talk, we have to prepare lunches for the crew, which consists of things like typical catered foods like pasta salad, mac and cheese, mm-hmm. chili, mm-hmm. fried rice, loaded potatoes, and sandwiches. Have you had a particularly memorable catered lunch? Which of these excite you most? I know RJ's chili is one of RJ's favorite, but how does he like other people's chili? Anyways, have uh, have fun with Hoop Dreams. Jared Berger, real guy. I don't like other people's chili. No, I'm gonna come out. I'm gonna come right out and say it. That's why I like. That's why I take so much pride in my own because I make it the way I like it. God damn it! And some people might not like it. But I like it the way I like it, you know. So catered food. This is what I'm assuming is people working all day, right? What? He he asked about catered food, right? Yeah, catered like for food. His film and like that they have to make for their uh, yeah their film crew. Yeah, I mean, I think in that sense, like he said, you got to go with things that are quick, easy, and uh, can make cheap. it during that. Uh, it's gonna be affordable and, and but flavorful. Can, uh, can withstand that Texas heat as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, you need like like pasta salad sandwiches. Those are both pretty good, I guess. What about oatmeal, Jarrett? You ever slap down some oatmeal in the Texas it, heat? It, I can't say as I have. I mean, maybe I use some of it to like I don't know, fill in some holes in my shack. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I have a, a co like a co worker, uh, and she eats oatmeal every day. 
and I've seen her eat it for every day for almost over a year. Now, are we it talking for good. like multiple meals, or is this like a for breakfast? Huh. Every day. It's, hmm. she's, she's a pretty healthy person, so I feel yeah. like something, like, there's got to be something to it, but it's like uh, overnight oats, so she eats it cold. It's got chia seeds in there and, like, uh, berries and stuff, so... Okay. Maybe this, maybe uh, Jared can make a huge drum of oatmeal for uh, for the people on uh, on set. Hmm. Wow. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, I love uh, pasta salad. Can be great. Mac and cheese is the best. Uh, chili is okay. I'm not like a big big mm. chili person. I would say like I don't mind it here and there, especially like on a cold winter's night. But no, you got to eat chili in the dead of summer, like baby blue. <sighs> Call it PTA's favorite film. Yeah, or I, Betty Blue. I, uh, baked potato or uh, baked beans. Baked that's, beans. That, 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 see, that's what that's what we're missing here with the uh, yes the, on the catered food side because it seems like this is like also picnic food. Yeah, it is kind of. Yeah, I, I I go with you completely. Baked beans are the shit, man. I love baked beans. It's good stuff. You, you get like a, a big hunk of like pork butt in there or something. Ooh. Baked beans. Yeah. Get that fiber out there for the for the, with, the too. with the film crew. You know what else they should make? What about Jello? Yeah. Slice up some Jello mm-hmm. for square. For oh, dessert there. squares. Ooh. Well, I don't know if they're familiar with Nanaimo bars. I don't know if that would withstand <laughs> the heat. But uh, uh, I don't that, know. That might just be a Western Canada delicacy. I think it might be the Nanaimo bar. The Nanaimo bar. I, I I encourage everyone to try a Nanaimo bar. You might not like it at first, mm-hmm. but then you're gonna like that was when I was a little kid. I was like, this is weird. You'll, you'll, but then I kept eating them. You'll work through the shock. <laughs> yeah, and then and now I love them. I'm like, ooh shit, give me some of that Nanaimo bar. But I think it was the coconut in there mm. throws you off because you're not expecting that texture inside of like a chocolate bar kind of thing. Right. But anyways, yeah. Did I? Was there something else we were supposed to talk about? Did um, I, have now, have you ever had a memorable catered lunch? A memorable catered lunch? Yeah. No. I mean, no. definitely nothing. I feel like this is a lot of like outdoors kind of food in my head. But I guess like you could go to like a catered lunch and there's like, you know, fucking massive shrimp prawn rings and stuff like that, and like fancy fancy deals like that. But I feel like catered lunches seem to be more along the lines of like when you're at someone's funeral. Yeah. And then, well, and, yeah. Go ahead. I don't know. That's about like uh, when I think about that. And it's like depending. I, I've I've gone to like one uh, one of these celebration of lives, uh, mm-hmm. in, a few years ago, and it was like it was pretty ritzy uh, as far as like the offerings. I was like, oh shit, can't say no. Can't say no to all this uh, wonderful, lovely seafood. Despite like, should you be eating seafood that's just been sitting out? But you keep an eye on that door, and people are coming mm-hmm. in with the trays, and you go. Don't mind if I do. I'm gonna hit this, uh, hit this baby while it's fresh. It's the same with deviled eggs. Mm-hmm. Same idea. You want to wait until you can see it brought out because you don't want the deviled eggs that have been there for like three, four <laughs> they're, hours. They're right? getting like kind of like the, uh, they're all, all scraped up from fingernails. Because <laughs> people, cause, yeah, they got like people, dents in them. They're, they're supposed to use something to like take it off, but you know people are just reaching in and they're just getting mm-hmm. like little dabs, and you're like, oh, who knows what's underneath that dab? And then it just sits on the surface of the egg. And uh, it just, it's, and then, then it goes into your stomach and it goes to live there. And what then, does it do there? And well, it, it makes, it makes, it tries to make friends with your own internal bacteria, but your internal bacteria goes, no, I don't like you. And then it goes, flush, we're all going to die. 
and then off to the toilet you go. That's science, right? Is that bio? I mean, is that bio? I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely something. Yeah. Like I know, I know a thing or two about bacteria. Have you ever heard of that thing? Like, so you know, people who have intestinal problems, and like you have that uh, gut bacteria. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Your, your your flora. <laughs> yeah. So like, so we got that gut bacteria, and there's all those people with those problems. Have you heard of this treatment? And this is 100% real, and it actually has worked. Where they'll take the uh, the fecal material of a healthy oh, person transplants. Yeah, and they'll put it into the into a non-healthy person, and then they'll gain that bacteria, and that's going to help them out. I mean, who hasn't done it at this point, RJ? I'm doing it right now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then you see a crew of doctors stand up and leave. Yeah. yeah. This is why people come to us over those highfalutin criterion podcasts. Yeah. Well, we offer something hey, other people don't offer. We'll, t- we'll tell people where the horizon line is for them. Where is the horizon? Mm-hmm. Is what I would ask. Back of the ranch. Back of the ranch. Who's ranch? Justin Peterson's ranch. Oh, yeah. Okay. What a coincidence. His email begins. Ooh. Hey, Jaron RJ, what's happening? So while waiting for some Japanese takeout the other day, I decided to take my boys in a comic book store. I then thought Ooh. to myself what comics have been recommended to me, and RJ's pick Uh-oh. of Sweet Tooth came to mind. So I mm-hmm. asked the owner, and he said they were sold out, likely due to the upcoming Netflix show. So mm-hmm. what first thoughts do you all have on this upcoming series? Well, Jared, as resident Jeff Lemire expert. Yeah, a man who has a sweet tooth tattoo on your flesh. I do. And, uh, you know, with all this recent buzz, I might even, uh, I don't post on social media, Jared, but I might uh, repost uh, some of my uh, sweet tooth commissions. I have some uh, cartooning gods <laughs> present in uh, in those commissions. So yeah. uh, I could do it right now. I could do it right now, Jared. Yeah. What is it, Toronto oh, you, you, time? You got to wait. You got to wait till the, with them when the... When the iron is hot and strike. Well, we're a month away. Yeah, it's too or it's too soon. Too too wait, soon. Yeah, wait till uh, launch day, when everyone's going to be. I think like, that's I think that's too late because all they'll they'll just be promoting positive reviews. I think it's got to be. But, but people will before. be people will be searching for the sweet tooth. But if you post at the beginning, it'll be at the very bottom. You got to do it when the the mm. highest volume of people are going to be like, I want antler heads, and then. Because we don't, we're, there's a shortage of antler heads on things. I don't know if you've noticed this. I fucking hate it. I, I haven't had. So you're op- a big fan of the uh, of, the design of Sweet Tooth. No, but Sweet Tooth's old though, right? Like that's why yeah. that's, that's why Sweet Tooth Sweet Tooth got a show because oh, it's got an antler yeah. on the head. It's like Hannibal. Yes. And everything's in the everything's got fucking antlers. Yeah. Am I the I only one? A, who's, uh... Am I the only one who's noticed this shit? No, I th- a lot of things have antlers on them. Yeah, that's just, well, I'll, it's, it's I'll the see. it's kind of a take, and then it's like sometimes people go, "Hey, what if this has got antlers, but it's also got tentacles?" <laughs> I mean, that's also a possibility. Mm-hmm. What if we have both? I'll and, take your and, uh, and it's a it's a sexy lady in fishnets, not in sweet tooth. Well, no, not no, no sweet. This not is your sweet. hypothetical character. This is this is every post I think that is on Instagram right, right. now, currently. Right. Okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying, Jared. Well, anyways, I might even make a post once in a while, and then uh, you guys can check out my sweet art, Jared. But I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll see. I think I'm gonna. I won't. I'm not gonna wait until the day of. It might be a little bit earlier, but uh, we'll see. It's got to be Toronto time because that's when Jeff is gonna see it. 
he's the one that matters, Jared, because he'll re- he'll re- re-promote it. Haven't you already he'll send it to Robert Downey Jr.? I thought you already added him with these, and he and he didn't care. Well, that was like seven years ago. Yeah, and I'm sure, but, uh, that now, was before he had a TV but, but, show. But now he, he but, to but, promote. But, but now he's even a bigger dog. Yeah, but now, but it, it's all good promotion for him. Is it? He's already got. Any, he, uh, he's already got your money. Any press is good press, bud. Yeah, he's got too many uh, mediocre comics to write now. Well, he he took on more than I think he uh, <laughs> he should have with uh, his Marvel and DC uh, endeavors. But yeah. uh, that's, everyone that's... will remember. Uh, extraordinary x-men it was unfortunate i would say he just it was you can't put out like 20 books a month it's just not feasible brah my boy my boy my boy Uh, so do you have any thoughts on this upcoming series uh Uh, i I, because i actually sent you you'd probably seen it at that point but i was the first one i'd seen any shots and i was like oh hey they got the visual stuff down i mean this this, the comic like all these virgo comics um Mm -hmm. they lend themselves to the episodic Netflix like formula. Oh, yeah. uh, why the last 100%. man is like, it's baffling how there isn't a why the last man show, but isn't it? Cause the rights bounced around back and yeah. forth. Like HBO owned it for a while. And then like Showtime owned it for a while. And like, it's something weird like that. Yeah. Well, it bounced around. Well, this is like the thing with old, uh, Brian K Vaughn is he's kind of, uh, I don't know. He's had pretty big success. And this mm-hmm. is, this is a different man, but they kind of came up simultaneously ish. Uh, as far as like writers of comics and uh, Brian K. Vaughn, I think is definitely more of a success story than Jeff Lemire in general. He worked on lost uh, for, for like a yeah. few season and a half. And uh, saga was like one of the biggest comics going uh, until mm-hmm. I think he, he, him and his uh, partner, Fiona Staples, his uh, creative partner, uh, she stepped away. She's also a, from Creeps Valia. She, uh, I, I met her one time. Jared. No, I have too. She was a very nice lady. She is, but uh, yeah, something happened there, and they're they're not working on the comic at any point in the future, I guess, until it suddenly mm-hmm. appears again. But uh, that why the last man was big. Uh, what's the other Brian one? Brian K. Vaughn's got tons of shit, man. But like, lots, of, yeah. Well, a Pride of Baghdad, I think, would be a great uh, animated movie, but or maybe right. it's just good as a graphic novel. It's, it's, was it, it Brian K. Vaughn? Oh yeah, so Paper Girls again. Oh yeah, as that, well. Which I actually was probably one of my least favorite things of his. That, of yeah, lately. it was. It wasn't that great, but I do remember like uh, Pat Oswalt championed it, and then it like was getting like I think that's going to be a show sometime soon. Well, the, the problem with that show though is it's kids on bicycles, <laughs> and or kids on bikes again, again, and so everyone's like, yeah. oh, it's just ripping off Stranger Things, even though it came out before that. And it, it was part of the. This isn't like Stranger Things. They that just became the face of this capitalizing on eighties nostalgia. That peak yeah. level of like Super Eight and people's love of Steven Spielberg <laughs> from like the eighties. Yeah, and Stephen King stuff. Oh yeah, and then, well, that, which is like, man, what's his name? Uh, Dan Simons wrote that book, mm-hmm. uh, Children of the Night. Or the other one, that's essentially like that story again. There's two. There's his two books. He's got his vampire one, and he's got his uh, eldritch horror book. But I'm not sure if mm. you've actually read any Dan Simon's books. Since. Uh, just the terror. Okay, yeah, he's got. Yeah, stuff. like I, I know his other. I have a couple of his other ones. I have a abominable and um, the uh, the haunting ones. There's a winter haunting, and then summer of uh, what? Yeah, that's and they're like those are they they go together. The winter and summer one go together. And that's basically like his it book, Winter Haunting and a Summer Summer of Night. 
Summer of Night, I think. I think the winter one is first. That's when they're kids, and then it's it's nope, like Summer of Night is like, first. Oh, Summer of Night is first. Oh, okay. And there is the and its subsequent books are there's actually four of that. Oh shit! I didn't realize. Yes. I knew there was two. Well, so I didn't even know that there was a series of these. But yeah, but Summer of Night you can read by itself. I think uh, yeah. the second book to that is Children of the Night, and that's followed oh. by Fires of Eden, and then A Winter Haunting. See, I thought A Winter Haunting was second. Nope. Good thing I didn't read it. Good thing. Um, but yeah, I I have a couple. I I have his one of his sci-fi ones too. Is it the Hyper? Hyper- Hy- oh, the Hyperion books. Hyperion. Yeah, the the, psych- the, the the Cantos. The Hyperion yeah. Cantos. That one and or, the Carrion yeah. Comfort sounds sounds good. I've never read it. Oh, okay, that's yeah. I was thinking of so I'm thinking that's of some, vampire summer one? summer of night and Carrion Comfort are his yeah. like two big books that I have these. I have them, but I've uh, not read them. I, I don't read. Well, Dan Simons is a uh, like the Terror is a really good book, but you kind of have to be um, you got to be active when you're reading that thing. Like you gotta you gotta put put your balls down and get into that thing. You know what I mean? Put your balls down. You gotta put your balls down, and get in that thing. What were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about Justin asking about oh, sweet, tooth. Uh, sweet Tooth, and now so we're talking here... about other things. Here, here's my thing as always. It's whenever things that uh, I actually enjoy and care about come out in a different form, I'm always hopeful and optimistic. Uh, I always have some hesitation. But the example I've used many times, Twin Peaks The Return, I was like, mm, I don't know, man. I don't know if they should bring this back. And then it came back and I was like, ooh-wee. Too sweet. Um, Too so, sweet. I'll, I'll be watching along with everyone. I'm pretty jacked for it. Uh, actually, uh, so I like. I think the look of it is good, and I think all the casting is really good too. Like uh, James Brolin as a narrator, the guy they got for Jeopard. I don't know that guy's name. He was in Game of Thrones for a while. That guy's pretty good. Everyone He's, was on Game of Thrones. Uh, he was the uh, dude who was like the king of the city of gold that Khaleesi was trying to get, and then she locked him into that chamber together. Don't remember. You remember I, that guy? I, I don't remember anyone. Like I just he was. Yeah, he's got a good like big like stature, so he's imposing. I don't think he's he's not as old as Jeopard is supposed to be, but yep. whatever. He's he's got the physical thing. Uh, and then I, I did see Will Forte is in there as uh, Gus's dad, so. He, Probably spoiler. Probably only for the first episode, but uh, <laughs> spoiler. Spoiler. Uh, well, maybe flashbacks. He'll be in more. Um, but actually, it was kind of funny. Uh, Andrew and I are watching uh, Last Man on Earth right now with Will Forte, and uh, that show's really good, dude. Have you ever watched it? Last Man on Earth. Yeah, the, it's like Will Forte's uh, apocalypse show that from like six, seven years ago. Nope. It's on Disney Plus. I recommend it. I see. It's very, the first season, it's it's more he's more of an incel, and I that's actually that's a real description there, and it's sometimes it's a little cringy to watch, but uh, after that, uh, it gets into some good stuff. Very good. Okay. So Will Forte's got the apocalypse uh, TV show market uh, cornered. Anyways, that's a long way to say I'm I, I'm I'm very hopeful. I hope it's uh, I hope it's good. I'm excited like anyone else, but uh, I'm always a little bit he- hesitant, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so, all I know is my TV time is going to be booked in the near future. So, more on that later. More on that later. Oh, interesting. Jareth watching Voyager. It's happened. 
Go- I, I finally convinced him. Goat movie question of the week. Yeah. I was recently really impressed with my rewatch of Midnight Cowboy. So what are some of your favorite movies from 1969? 1969. Yeah. Take, take a on. look. Let me... I've seen 59 films released in 1969, according to Letterboxd. Okay. Hmm. I should uh, sort this by what I have seen, probably. Oh, hey, I've got uh, Yoko Ono's film Rape on here. That's Is fun. that a good one? Uh, that's something I watched for for uh, scholarly reasons. You watched that film for scholarly reasons, I, I did. I did, actually. What did you think? Uh, it's, it's something to behold. Something mm-hmm. to behold. Let's take a gander here. What do we got? What do we got? Best of 69. I'm going from the bottom. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for some deeper cuts. How about Play Dirty, starring old Michael Caine? The size of a tangerine. Nigel Davenport. Nigel Green. That's very confusing. The size of a tangerine. That one's that pretty, guy? That, it's one in the same. One in the same. Uh, Jess Franco, uh, Venus and Furs. That's that's it's a good time. It's a good wrong. I love it. It's great. <laughs> it's great fun, show. It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Uh, you got to keep going because okay, I'm, I'm going to. Sh- how about uh, Blind Beast, the Japanese film from '69? That movie it's is one of my favorites. Awesome possum. Mm-hmm. One of my all-time faves, bud. Absolutely. Uh, they shoot. They shoot horses, don't they? That's. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Well, it's about humans, RJ. What about Castle of Fu Manchu? <laughs> How about The Cremator, which is a new criterion? Uh, Z mm-hmm. or Zed, uh, I like quite a bit. Army of Shadows, I think, is good. Wild Bunch is awesome. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Midnight Cowboy, I think, is the, might be like the best movie of that whole year for me. Uh, I'm going to hit you with uh, Zeta 1 also known as the love factor women around the globe begin disappearing when a renegade race of top heavy aliens from planet angvia um that's an anagram for a vagina uh begin snatching them off of the streets oh i got i just found a deep while you were talking about what sounds like a fred olin ray movie um actually from 1969 return of the one-armed swordsman Directed by Chang She is awesome. I've never seen it. I don't have a lot to add here, Jared, because uh, I haven't really seen a whole lot of movies from 1969, to be honest. It's uh, very disappointing. I mean, there's a lot of good movies in here, like a lot of Criterion movies that I want to watch. Like, you know, Easy Rider, Midnight Cowboy, Yes, I haven't seen those movies, but I'm not going to now because I just have to wait. Yeah, you terrible, terrible, terrible. Satyricon? How come you didn't mention Satyricon? Ugh. I thought that was your favorite film. Ugh, I saw it once, and I've been too young to appreciate it. But man, what about uh, Putney Swoop? I I own that, and I haven't By watched Robert it. By Robert Downey Senior. Yep, I own it from Vinegar Syndrome. How come you didn't ma- mention Salesman, the Criterion film? It's not one of my favorites. Man, what do you? How, who gave you a podcast? Foodie talk. Oh right. Well, after yo-yoing dieting since the start of the year, I finally said fuck it with dieting. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully, continuing to go to the gym twice a week will keep me in decent shape. So, if you are in the mood to pig out and eat some seriously unhealthy food, what do you often spring for? For me, it would be some super cheesy nachos and a couple of cold ones. Mm. Excuse me. Sorry, I heard cold ones, but I was uh, predisposed. Uh, who doesn't mm. like cracking a cold one with the boys? Maybe at a public park, Jarrett? Perhaps as, as long during as, the best summer as, ever? As, as long as it's a gathering of less than five and, and social distance is observed and everyone's yes. got masks on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what's your favorite junk food, Jarrett? Soda? Soda. Um, no, I don't drink su- sugared, sugared sodas. You drink a lot of colas. I've diet. It doesn't. Of the diet. Of the diet. Of the. Well, I imagine that's part of it, though, is the unhealthy, unhealthy food. Yeah. But I mean, so... diet pop is still unhealthy. Not Man, great for you. Ice, ice cream. Like a nice big Ooh. chocolate caramelly ice cream. So are pre-mixed or you make that at home? You put your own chocolate sauce and no, like, in there. No, get some of that Chapman's. That's a that's a Canadian delicacy. That is. Chapman's is crazy because right when you take it out of the freezer, you can just put your spoon right into it. You don't have to thaw it or anything. It's just it's just right there. It's it's. I genuinely think it's the best uh, ice cream. Chapman's is pretty good. We've been buying Costco brand ice cream lately just uh, for is convenience. It, is that Kirkland? Yes, Kirkland okay. brand ice cream. Or no, it's actually it, – it is its own brand, but it's probably Kirkland Dairy or something like that. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. So ice cream, what else? Baked goods. That, Ooh, yeah. That, yeah, baked, baked is... Mm. Be, before the podcast, Jared and I uh, doubled as uh, donut uh, consumers. <laughs> uh, it was a, a frequent thing. It happened pretty consistently. It was, it was a... Yeah, because there was a on, a... on a Thursday morning, mm-hmm. there was... The spud nuts that were available sometimes. So threw that in there. We drove out of town to go to baked bakeries and then mm-hmm. check out their wares. And uh, I, I think that actually one of the better places was the Pincher Creek uh, Bakery. Uh, Picture Butte, you mean? Picture Butte, yeah, not Pincher Creek. Yeah. Pincher P- Butte. Pincher yeah. Creek. I was gonna say, Pinch- man, you drove a long. P- P- that was a long did, drive. Did, did I say Pin- Pincher or Picture Creek? You you said Pincher. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. No, it wasn't that one, but yeah, the Picture Butte was a that that's a pretty pretty fly bakery. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good, man. And yeah, the Spud Nuts aren't there anymore. There's off-brand Spud Nuts, but uh, it's not. No, so no one's. What's up with like the in-town bakeries being pretty disappointing? And you have to like go 20 minutes out of town to get good ones. Like, what, I don't know. It's what the weird. fuck. Yeah, it's really weird. Because, like, even Andrea said that, too. Like, some of the in-town bakeries, she's like, uh, it's like the donuts are so greasy. And then after she said that, I was like, man, these are greasy. Like, I never – I don't give a shit anyways, but it's like, yeah, you're right. And they dry out really fast. Uh, Yeah, they do. Yeah, they're worthless a day later. Yeah, like, yeah, you you go with that first thing in the morning, and it's like, huh, this isn't flaky at all anymore. It's just – Ah, terrible, terrible, terrible. But yeah, no, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Sad. Uh, donuts. But you know, we haven't been able to do that because COVID, COVIDing, and because we respect the restrictions laid out by the government. That's We're right. Not hanging out. No hanging is the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm a, a I'm a big donut boy. I love donuts. <sighs> In terms of junk food, I mean. 
I think I eat chips more than I should. Mm-hmm. That's not like a, a crazy wild one, but it's like it's a consistent one. It's like I'm always eating chips. Um, my my like guilty food, Jared, is uh, just burgers, which I've mentioned before that I love burgers. You're like but a, w- like wimpy or Jughead. Uh, Jughead. Okay. Once in a while, I, I I just get the craving, and I'll just go and uh, I'll eat them in the car. I'll just go through a drive-through, pull right up into the uh, parking lot, and I'll just put down a couple burgers. Yeah. You'll it's a sh- it's a sh- slam a couple hams. It's a shameful thing, but uh, it's it's necessary. No, it's necessary. So, some steamed hams for the boys. Yep. There you go. There you go. Hope hope you're hungry, Justin. Well, we've had a lot of food talk today. A lot, oh yeah, have some baked beans and some uh, some garbage. <laughs> some garbage out the right out of the can. Sure. Why the fuck not? Game talk. Ooh, baby. What are some of the worst video games you can recall playing? I oh. remember winning a game called The Adventures of Dino Ricky on NES, and I could oh. and I <laughs> and I could not even survive the first minute. Damn, those games back then were hard compared to all the instant saves of games these days. I I've played Dino Ricky. Uh, Dino Ricky. And I can't remember. I don't. I think I made a we. I think I was playing with friend of the show Ryan Nagel. We made it past like a level or two, maybe, but I don't think any farther than that. I think he's played it more, to be honest. But what's a game you hate, Jared? Oh, Silver Surfer. Yeah, that's pretty uh, infamously bad. Yeah, I uh, I I own that somewhere. At somewhere, yeah. I have it still in box. It, it's in like, box. Yeah. Oh yeah. Why? Well, I, I, I probably paid like full price for that back in like 1990 because it was all oh, silver surfer it's gonna be awesome and probably paid like 50 bucks i th- think that doesn't sound good no it's awful it's got wicked music but uh that's just not enough it's not enough man that game it's is not awful. so bad enough so bad hmm. i uh i had a few games like that i think i've mentioned before uh the time that i rented superman 64 yep and uh, I played it for about an hour or so, and I couldn't get past the first five seconds of that game. And uh, very shamefully, I, I had to get my mom. And I said, can you please drive me back to the rental store? I need to exchange this for a different game. And uh, I went in, and the guy just looked at me, and he went, yep, I got you too, huh? I said, yeah, stop renting this to little kids. Have you ever, it's too hard. Uh, do you remember the game Draken? I know Draken. Yeah, I, I yeah. haven't played it very much. I know Draken though. Oh, I remember <laughs> renting that from Blockbuster because it looks awesome. Like you look at that SNES cart, and you're like, mm-hmm. man, that's going to be a good time. And then you look at the screenshots of the game, and whoo, mm-hmm. much sadness, much sadness. You, you know which one actually like I think is deceiving. It's not a bad game, but it was very disappointing. A game that we owned was a uh, Warrior Woods. Um, because it was like, man, Wario, I was like, oh, he's so cool. He's like a bad dude. But Wario Woods, it's just, it's just like one of those Tetris kind of games. And then like, I remember trying to make it cool and being like, oh, maybe I'll give it a shot. Maybe it'll be okay. Well, the packaging on it too looks cool. It looks really nice. And then you play it and you're like, oh, it's actually like Dr. Mario's like, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a version of Dr. Mario which is like fine, but like as a little kid I thought it was going to be like Wario Land where oh. you're like well, going around like punching the... and farting on shit. Well, like... there's like the uh the one for the Virtual Boy, the Wario game for, for that. Wa- oh. That that's like yeah. really good. 
but it's mm-hmm. on it's on the horrible game system. There's lots of good Wario games. Like all the Wario lands are really cool, but uh, yeah, it was a game like that where it just. It's like I said, it wasn't a bad game, but I was very disappointed because I, I, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I was like, I don't want to play Doctor Mario right now. Fuck. <laughs> I, I want to jump. Like, I want to jump on things' heads. Jump and fart and on stuff like that's Wario's whole thing. That's my whole thing. That's your style. Yeah, farting. Yeah. Farting. <sighs> Anyways. Anyways. Oh. Uh, Anyways. Justin concludes. Well. All right. Another one walks out the door. And another one comes in the door. That's what it's all about. Looking forward to the Hoop Dreams talk, gents. Uh, fake it proudly, creeps. Cheers. What does he mean, fake it? I don't know. Is that like a fake it till you make it thing? Maybe. We've never been anything but authentic and We're, genuine. We are too legit to quit. Yeah. People have said that about us. Mm-hmm. Not real people, but people have said that about us. Bad, for sure. om- bad hombres? Bad, well, deplorable, Jarrett. Just deplorable. Hey, RJ. Yeah. What you been creeping on this week? What do you think? <laughs> well, Jarrett. According to my calendar, it looks like it's May. Oh my God! Do you think people know what we're doing? I think I think we've uh, been talking about it. I think they're accustomed to uh, to the, the the May rub. So uh, what's your what's your read on or what's your dial on uh, Fredo and Maze at the moment? I think uh, I'm at n- nine. You, one, two, no way. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight. Okay, I am. I have eight. I've definitely got to be around the same. I haven't counted here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So we're dead on. Yeah, neck and neck. Neck and neck. I had a I had a big big weekend though so oh, uh, I as did I slowed down yeah that was also because Andrew got close contacted again so I was like I was just in the basement by myself <laughs> okay uh, you can tell so, me off the air about that because uh, yeah. I'm, cur- I'm curious how that could happen uh, yeah I can tell you about it yeah. we'll, we'll talk about it after but yeah. like she's she's good she got another negative test so Hooray. all is well all is well it's, it's because Alberta Jarrett is a horrible it, place it's everywhere it is a horrible place. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, I watched a bunch the first couple days, but uh, it, it slowed down a little bit. Yeah. How does it feel to be watching real cinema again? It feels great. Yeah. It uh, it honestly, genuinely feels great. <laughs> the uh, I don't know if it's just the ones I've been watching, but so far I've been I've been okay with these. I've been like, yeah, come on, boys. Sometimes it's like mm, you're just eating a big old slab of like American english shit movie that you're like mm-hmm. i can like look down and not be afraid i'm missing anything and because like, yep. like i have to read every line of dialogue and uh I have to, mm-hmm. and the run times oh i can't that's like my favorite that's why takashi Mike is not a fit at all yeah we, for we, this this is not that's not yeah. fun because that, that's we, like we fucking into it we, i'm not gonna watch 50 japanese movies in one month like, that are not, all like two hours long. Anywhere from yeah, four, or one forty to two and a half, just just for fun, yeah. somewhere in the range of that. And you're like, oh, watch that. It's like, no, this is this is about like relaxing. I think one of the uh, Fred Olins I've watched so far was um, an hour and ten minutes, barely. Like, 
and it's I like, mean, and I, it's, yeah, it's actually, it's like, it's an hour long and then it ends and then it's a 10 minute blooper reel. And then there's like 10 minutes of, yeah. So, uh, a couple of them have been just over an hour and it has been all, all just, just terrific. Just good. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not even actually kidding. Like I've actually had a pretty, pretty decent time with, uh, these, these so far. They're, um, so yeah, they, they do what they're supposed to. <laughs> That's right. So, anyways, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how much of the movies that we've watched so far of his uh, we will retain any of the details of by the end of May. That'll be a, a different issue, but yeah, we're not going to talk about well, it now, of course. But you, yeah, you you messaged me a line from a movie I watched three days ago, and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And you're like, "It was in a movie you just watched." And I was like, "Beats me, man." <laughs> I was like, "I watch a lot of stuff." And it's probably like the only memorable dialogue in any of these movies so far so far but oh well so do you want to hear about star trek or are we just putting a putting a pin in it <laughs> what do you want to do bud uh so are, are you have you watched any more voyager uh i let's see where i'm at i am in season four uh i'm eight episodes into season four okay so we haven't talked about season three at all okay. uh, so yep. i have all of season three and not quite half a season four but i'm not gonna watch any more uh, until June. So right. I have, I don't know. I have a season and a half worth of, that I could talk about. Could. But it's up to you. What do you? Yeah, whatever I mean, you want to do. I'm not going to object to it myself. We'll we'll keep it tighter, maybe, because I can't talk yep. about it. So they are going to get shorter. Um, yep. I will say. So I did manage to finish Star Trek: Next Generation this week. Oh, look at you! You That's, finished her up. I, I kind of like. I looked at the uh, Frittle and Ray pile. I'm like, I could pace myself up pretty good. I'm at five days in, and I've got eight. And like on the weekends, I could, but watch three or four of these minimum and uh, mm-hmm. be, be well on track. So I was like, ah, I'm not watching. I don't want to watch this right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up TNG, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm glad I did. Yeah. Uh, there's some. Yeah, season seven is a weird one because you can f- definitely feel like at times the actors are ready to go. They are ready. They to, knew it was over. They're they're ready to move on with their lives, and uh, Patrick Stewart is twitching out, ready to move, get out the door. Uh, Brent, Brent, I think Brent Spiner had some great me. high great ambitions for himself. I think he was Ugh. like. I I'm, I have a little film coming out later this year. You might have heard of it. It's called Independence Day. Well, he didn't make that film, though. Oh, I mean, uh, uh, or you, you could say he made it. You might you might you might say that I might have uh, contributed uh, some uh, some in the process of the notes. I've made some recommendations that they may or may not take. Oh, I haven't seen the final edit, but uh, I think you'll all be quite impressed. As, and he, were you uh, by uh, Brent Spiner and Independence Day? Uh, I mean, yeah. we're still talking about it. We are still talking about it. So I guess there's something to it. But is that that's about it for him, isn't it? That's sometimes the sad reality. Uh, like, you know, I clicked on Jonathan Frakes the other day uh, just to see, like, what are his a- other, like, acting accolades? Mm-hmm. There aren't really any. Well, Frakes was doing fact or fiction for a long time, man. Yes. But uh, you can't yeah. do anything else T- other than fact T- or fiction. TV. Well, that was a weekly broadcast, Jarrett. Mm-hmm. They needed him there every week. It's fake. We made it up. We made it up. Man, those, those YouTube supercuts, fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
That's what that's what the world needs right now. More freaks. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm looking at season seven. See if there's anything I should mention. Gambit. Yeah, I think I'd watched Gambit. I was like in the middle of finishing Gambit last week. I believe, and that episode, yeah, that was like Space Pirates. I think you originally described oh, yeah. it as Picard and Riker do something. I don't know. <laughs> and does that story check out? Uh, yeah, it's kind of an oddity. Like, it's just kind of a, oh, it's not a bad thing. It's just kind of like there. Oh, that's where they're both undercover, right? Well, <sighs> Picard is undercover. There's more to and then it. Riker's captured, and then he kind of says, yeah. ah, I'm going to go bad. Yeah, I'm, so I'm I was a- right. Yeah, yeah, they're they're yeah. they're kind of undercoverish. Oh, yeah. um, what's the episode Phantasms about? Is that uh, one of the dream ones? Oh, is that, like, is that the episode that with with uh, oh, yeah. nightmares? Oh, with uh, Troy Cake. Oh fuck, that's good. That episode is so cool when he pulls that phone out of his tummy. Oh, yeah, and the miners. <laughs> oh, I the data dream episodes are. They're, those are some of my favorites. They're they're yeah. so good. Well, there's like because this season's also got Birthright, which is. Uh, wait a minute, these episodes aren't in the right order, huh? What the fuck? Oh, this is weird. Uh, I'm looking at Wikipedia's list order, and it's got like Birthright Part One just randomly thrown in on the season mm-hmm. seven listing, but it's not season seven. It is season six. Curious. Um. Uh, that episode, I think probably one of the best episodes of the series, though, is Parallels. The episode where Worf uh, accidentally, he unknowingly goes through a rift in time, but then he starts traveling through different dimensions uh, effortlessly. The and, Worf one? Yeah, where it's like a Worf. Is that Schisms? No, that's Parallels. Parallels, okay. That, that's the one where he keeps like, he'd have these like brain things, goes, ah, and then, oh, he, then he appears so in another, good. and he appears in another, uh, universe and, timeline yeah yeah and then they're like what do you mean we have this conversation they can't figure it out and then they start realizing oh you because you went to his bars the bakla the uh mm-hmm. uh the weapon thing i can't believe i can't pronounce it right now batliff batliff that's it baklava is that what you a baklava tournament he had he won first place for the best baklava yeah, and then in the alternate realities, he didn't win the Bakla tournament, or, or, or it didn't happen. Uh, he, or, or he wasn't able to making it, and it was very sad. And then he's like, but then that's when they start setting up the uh, him and uh, Deanna Troy relationship because in some they're married. Yeah, and that's where that's where Worf first lets his hair down, and you you see that full on weave, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's then, good stuff. But then you you get that beautiful image of multiple wharfs on the shuttlecraft cockpit, and it is a thing of beauty. But you have like probably the one scene I totally forgot about, and then when it happened, I went, "Oh fuck, it's this episode!" And I can't believe it's so late in the series. The one where you have all the Enterprises simultaneously in the starfield, and then oh, yeah. and then like Worf's like, "Okay, I'm, I got." I, the, the right ship just sent me the right shuttle. I'm going to take it. I'm going to backtrack through the hole and it's going to fix everything. But then there's an enterprise that doesn't want to go back because that's, that's the, that's the universe where uh, the Federation has been destroyed by the Borg. And uh, mm-hmm. you, you have a William Riker who has an enterprise. that's like battle damage and he's all bearded and crazy. And he's like, mm-hmm. bleeding. we can't go back to that. I won't go back to that. And then uh, you have the enterprise uh, blow it up. And it's like, oh, that's really disturbing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's like, oh man, I totally like I had forgotten about that. And watching it now, I was like, 
fuck, I remember that being like so chilling, and it still is. It's Star Trek's awesome, dude. Hey, awesome. so yeah, the next episode it's after awesome. that was uh, Locke shows up as uh, your villain of the week, a Star Trek admiral. Oh yeah, they're always the bad, admirals. Bad it dudes. drives me crazy. But we it also we, we get the one of the worst episodes of the series, Sub Rosa, uh, <laughs> Sex Ghost. It's so unbelievable bad. Like I, it is. It's there with like the the whatever the outrageous Okana as like episodes where I'm like I can't mm-hmm. believe that they made this. Yeah, it was uh, it with was a, um... with like Electro Grandma Corpse. <laughs> There, uh, there's some weird ones in there. I, but I, I am finding that in all of the series, there's a, uh, there's some weird ones like that. But yeah, that one's, that one's weird. And then uh, Sub Rosa, that's with the Creepsville. Alum. Yes. Yeah. Duncan. Yeah. Duncan, Idaho. Or yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Regier. Regier. Duncan Regier. Duncan Regier. Yeah. Yeah. You had some, uh, you had some wild rides. But uh, hey, all good things, Jarrett. And then you get the episode with uh, Picard's maybe son surprise like, out of nowhere, just because oh, they wanted to bring yeah. back uh, that Ferengi who had a real like hard on for Picard. Mm, do you, do you for, think because of his son? Yeah. Do you think we'll have him back show up in like Picard season two? Uh maybe season three. Oh damn! Uh, Masks is a kind of a pants episode. Oh, I hated that thing. Yeah, with like the. I mean, it's I, like I it's a cool. Red Spiner do all that stuff. Oh, hamming it up, getting yeah. doing his uh, getting his re- his thing over. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, and then there's yeah that and the next episode too is that Eye of the Beholder where uh, there's like electric ghosts that are ink, but the guy is like angry and he's possessing people and keeps throwing them into like the generator or whatever it is <laughs> that episode's mm-hmm. needlessly draggy but then the next episode is mm-hmm. genesis with uh arachnid barkley and uh savage uh wharf that episode is so it's just so cool of an episode it's so good that episode is awesome like beast wharf oh my god it's so mm-hmm. good breaking yeah. down walls and shit and uh Riker turns into a caveman is it the is it Beverly or uh, Deanna Troy who turns De- into a fish? Be- Beverly. It becomes uh, amphibian. But you know what? I like that the, one. And the episode after that, though, is uh, Native American Planet with with, with the return of uh, Angsty Wes um, mm-hmm. and, and Tom Jackson of uh, North of 60 fame. Which I don't know who that is. Uh, Canadian icon, Tom Jackson, RJ. Come on, buddy. I don't. I don't know. Oh, I, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he he shows up to show uh, Wes, Wesley the way. Right. Did do you think that they realized how how important that episode would be because a considerable amount of Voyager is based off of that now? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's part of the Marquis stuff, right? Yeah. Well, because that's like the thing is they start ramping up the Marquis stuff, the Marquis, the Marquis. stuff in um, in TNG because there's there it becomes a big part of uh, ds9 i guess so they're kind of throwing more and more into that oh then there's like that episode of Worf and alexander and first rights that episode's total filler uh, they're just alexander like episodes yeah yep uh bloodlines i think that's the episode with um yeah that's the one with ferengi preemptive strike oh yeah that's like oh hey remember ensign Rowe? remember how she's vanished for like an entire year and then they're like, okay we're gonna bring her back and and then she's going to turn all in one episode and mm-hmm. that's it 
it's it's fine. I mean, Michelle Forbes is good, but it's it's so late that because because yeah. I I kept forgetting as I was watching the last season, like what happened to her, and she then just, and, and then she goes away. I again, I'm like, man, that's a, that's really weird that they just like said, oh, we should bring her back one last time, and then RJ, yeah. we get to all good things, which is so good. It is. It is. Yeah, it, it, is. it is. It is like it's better than any of the movies. It's better than any mm-hmm. of the next generation movies. Yep. Uh, like honestly, it's like it really does come down to it's like th- these like Picard episodes, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, Chain of Command Part Two, and yeah, All Good Things Part One and Two. Which yeah, I think good All Good Things only lands if you've watched the entire series. Yes. And, and it all comes to that good or bad. It gets to those last two episodes. It is yep. a perfect encapsulation of all that is Star Trek. Yes. The, the, those exchanges between Picard and Q are so great. The final moments of it are like so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it really is like one of the. I think it's very slept on. I think in terms of like best endings of a series, because mm-hmm. people like it's always. I don't know. People always say, well, most TV shows have bad endings. It's like well, all good things is like really good i mean if you can maybe get... it's because the movies exist and that's why people don't talk about the ending of the show because they're like well it didn't end it continued in movies yeah maybe that's what it is i i, I do feel like yeah by the time you get to that last episode if you don't kind of like walk away going i love star trek mm-hmm. uh it, it was never going to be for you anyway like yeah. but that's, it's like a really great reward at yep. the very very end but no i i agree and i think it's a it's a strong uh argument in terms of like it's one of those things because like i've had a couple people ask me they're like can i just watch like tng or just ds9 it's like you can but like honestly if you if you want to actually get enjoyment out of it and get like the most out of it it's like you might as you, you just got to go f- from original <laughs> you, series like that's the only way to do it you, you got to watch it all probably, like you do. i mean you could probably use uh the rj cheat sheet list and just yes. sk- skip those ones mm-hmm yeah you could skip certain episodes like all my one star episodes like those don't need to be watched but uh you do need to build up those kinds of things and it's like you said it pays off in the end for all good things it does like it's like all of that whole series it comes oh. to it oh fuck there's the episode of data's mom that ep- like the, the, the oh the, yeah that's pants that, that where it's like what happened it's like th- th- this thing's like more advanced than data but go oh, well <laughs> yeah, and then and then it never gets brought up again. Yeah. So are you gonna are you gonna jump to Picard? Well, I ha- I'm annoyed because I actually don't own the next gen movies, and none of them are streaming at the moment. And my plan, Excuse I know me. I've got I've got the original series on Blu-ray, but I do not have uh-huh. generations up. And so I was, my plan was to watch those at some point, and then and then probably do picard because you're getting my voyager talk now anyways yeah because voyager does play a part in picard right no well it's got seven of nine in it spoilers but i mean like she's she was never in tng no she's only in voyager exactly who cares though i mean i already i've already seen i already know who the character is and i'll just see okay. her again and be like oh hey she's a borg picard's gonna be like oh you're a borg i was a borg too i mean yes uh, but what what you should do, Jarrett? What I have, I can't remember what it's called. My box set. Uh, where the fuck is it? You could send that in COVID mail. 
I mean, I could, because I was uh, like, I I don't know where it is. It's in my shelf, on my shelf or something. Mm-hmm. But the box that I have is all of the movies. Right. TNG. Oh, I know. I could. I could. I'm not going to buy these movies though. Yeah. I mean, if, uh, if only, you would only, like to borrow my box set, I'd be happy to. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll I'll do that. I'll uh, I'll, yep. t- I'll take you up on that. What a rare, uh, what a rare treat! I am supplying you with films. What is it called? Stardate Collection. There it's you uh, go. so. Yeah, that's what it is. All ten movies, Blu-ray. Uh, that's what I got to offer, man. Hmm, well, that'll work. And I can knock those crap shows out. And I could watch whatever the first half of J.J. Uh, Abrams' Star Trek because that's got some canon in it too. Yes, it does. It that that is not part of this box set. No, no, it's not. But it's got the <laughs> that bunk. I mean. We'll talk about this when we get there, but uh, I think my opinion of the J.J. Abrams' first film is different from other people. But uh, that was also, I watched it having never seen any Star Trek. You're a different man now. I know, I know. So when I go back, it's going to be a whole new ballgame. Sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think every everyone is writing, they're fever, uh, feverishly, whatever that word is, they're writing emails in right now asking, what are you going to watch next, Jarrett? Well, so I guess RJ, the movies and then Picard, or do you have something else lined up? Well, RJ, I uh, I don't know if you noticed on Letterboxd, I, I watched something at like 2 in the morning today. What, you fuck, you think I was up at 2 in the morning? Well, maybe I thought watching maybe you, shit? you were like, we're Letterboxd stalking me. You should take a look and see what uh, what happened. Dude, I've told you before, I can barely watch Letterboxd, or like the things on there. So it appears that Jarrett is beginning to watch something called The Gathering. I'm only guessing it's a magic, The Gathering <laughs> TV show. Yep. Uh, so you are dipping into Babylon 5, huh? Mm-hmm. I watched. And where did, so I watched where did that fit? In, in uh, 90s, 90s sweat, 90s television. This, but this is a show I've never seen in my life outside of like random episodes here and there. I've never yeah. in the effort. This is a show that apparently was the original like you have to watch it all to really get it because oh, there's tons it was doing it, more than ds9 more than ds9 but it's it's also a station show and it's about politics and politicking but apparently this show went deeper it, it has way less money very cheaply made that i watched the this is like the pilot movie uh, but of course, like this is the crappy thing with some of these shows. They don't tell you how to watch them anymore. Like you, you think, put it into one set in order for me. Don't make me have to go mi- watch the first episode by accident. Then when I go look it up online, go wait a minute, none of this makes any sense. Oh, I didn't watch oh, the movie annoying. first, but I did know that. I I did I knew that because I'm a nerd and uh, had, annoying, and had though. come across that in the past. So you have to watch the gathering first, and then you can start watching the first episode. I find that frustrating it's, it's life it's just like well i mean that's a uh, battlestar galactica it does the same thing to people yes. now too because you go to watch season one and it doesn't start with the miniseries which is also on the goddamn platform and you're like no you need to watch the goddamn two-part miniseries before you watch before. season one because everything happens in the miniseries to kick the off why are they why are they running away why are they on ship and you go, huh? Well, that I watched the first five minutes of that, and I went, what's going on? Yeah. Like, I was like, I think they'll catch me up later. But then after five minutes, I was like, I think I'm missing something. So I went back, and I was like, oh. I was like, well, why wouldn't it be in order, Amazon Prime? Because uh, they want to punish sci-fi people. So silly. 
Jared. But anyway, uh, yeah, I watched the first episode of that, and I guess I could just say uh, I'm surprised that elements of this show haven't become more uh, gifed and memed. I guess it's because it's less popular. Maybe you're the one to do it. Maybe. No, there's some uh, pretty um, incredible uh, CGI on display. Pretty, like, it is uh, probably for 1993 cutting edge for television i'm 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 just looking at some pictures there's no cgi but i'm just scoping out uh what plain ass people in this thing oh but Except it, this one guy with it, the it, it is spots. very uh like everyone dresses a little bit more normal like it feels kind of like a that's okay though no like I, yeah star trek clothes are the worst no, no, I, know. I know you hate them. no no one's ever been more poorly dressed in life than people in star, star trek. trek oh they're so bad wesley crusher yeah. showing up in some of the things he comes in my word Just but him in general but yeah watching even the first episode of bab babs five uh People just look like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It looks futuristic, but nothing too showy. And, yeah, these are some plain-ass-looking people. These are not – I don't think there's really any movie stars, we'll say, to be polite. No? No. Wow, the, geez, the, the, Well, because I know that there's a the first commander of the ship, uh, Michael O'Hare. He's a, mm-hmm. was a Commander Sinclair. I know he gets replaced by another guy later on, like – in the next season, I believe. And I don't know how you'd handle him because he's got a manner about him. He talks like this. <laughs> I, I already don't like it. He, oh, he was... You know, that's mostly because of you. Do you know what movies he's been in? No. The, the only one that you might have seen. He was in Chud. <laughs> As a Chud? Or I, I don't know what I played. Oh, my God. This is a character that needs to end, to die. <laughs> oh, I imagine it's he, like my pan, uh, Panos Kazmarios. He is not. God, is he even in the top? Oh, he plays Fuller. He plays Fuller in Chud. What what a groundbreaking role! I've frequently <laughs> hey. talked about how we need more Fullers from Chud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the big. Oh yeah, then there's yeah. Fuck, goddamn Jerry Doyle who plays uh, Garibaldi on the show. He's a uh, he's like a poor man's Michael Chiklis. Uh, even Michael Chiklis is a poor man's Michael Chiklis. But who's he? But come on, you got to do better than that. Who's he? Who's he filling in for? Michael Chiklis. Yeah, he is. Who do you, who he is do you, who, the poor man's Michael Chiklis. No, he's a great. He's he's a great man. Michael Chiklis. He's the commish. Be, he's he's Vic Mackey. He's poor man's Bruce Willis. <laughs> wow. No, which is bullshit. saying that's something bullshit. now. That's bullshit. Fuck I've Bruce Willis. I've never seen the Shield. I don't know RJ, anything about Michael Chiklis. RJ, you, you gotta you gotta sink your teeth into some of that Shield. Finally, you know what I'm saying? When am I when am I gonna watch the Shield? In, I don't know. In the mix of all these uh, Star Treks, I don't know when. I mean, maybe you've made a poor decision because like you're on this sad. Trek. I know. I've you're made watching a poor fucking. Decision. You get to watch shitty Voyager, and uh, <laughs> which I'll let you do now. But anyways, TNG. Oh, one last thing. So right at the last episode, playing it off of Netflix, it goes to a like this Jonathan Frakes talking excitedly EPK for the last episode. I don't don't know if this was on uh, Crave or not. Not on Crave. But the very last episode, it goes to, it it says next episode. And what it does is it plays a like behind the scenes, like 45 minute little documentary. I think they played (laughs) before 
all, all, all good things. Yeah, and they played. It. It's like it's super cool because it's like Jonathan Frakes being, "Hello, I'm Jonathan Frakes, and we're going to take you on the set." And it's it, it's a time I mean, capsule. That does sound cool. It's unrestored. So yeah. it looks great. Uh, and if you like that 95 or 94 uh, look, that sweat. Uh, and it, it ends with this, like, uh, this, you know, one of those, like, Gene Roddenberry kind of, like, look to the stars. Humanity can agree, agree, uh, achieve great things. It'll take time. And it's really like, aw. What a, what a nightmare world we live in now. <laughs> it's like, oh, we do. It's this quaint liberalism that he's presenting. Oh, it's so nice. Um, but here we are. Fuck it. It's a utopia. It's a utopia, Jared. No. Star Trek is the utopia world. Yeah. With hol- so we all wish hol- we had. Holodecks. We, need, we all need oh. a hol- We're getting there for VR helmets. I don't even want to know what you would do in a holodeck. <laughs> Lots of Ferengis, let me tell you. Those Ferengi women. Man. <laughs> They'll do anything for gold lace latinum. And whatever what's their what's their goo called? Their like their drink that they're selling at the DS9? The Ferengi one? Yeah, what's the Ferengi drink? The I don't very... remember the Ferengi drink. I, I know that they all snort the bug dust. <laughs> like they all uh, do coke. Well they kinda did in one episode. But it, it was it, it came up more than once. It came up two or three times. They it's like the crushed up bug dust and they all snort it. Well, so there's Ferengi wine, but there's like a snail juice. Uh, snail but, juice. But there was like a there was a beverage that shows up at the very end of the series. It's like the Emperor has no clothes episode. Oh, I I don't I don't remember. Yeah, but it's like they're trying to get like basically the uh, Coca Cola guy of Ferenginar yeah. to like oh be, be, yeah, be, it was like be aboard. It was like. Yeah, oh yeah, it's the Prophet and Laces episode. That's the one yeah. where it is. And it reminded me of Slurm from yeah. uh, uh, Futurama. It's something like Slurm. Mm. It's, it's legitimately something like Slurm, I think. Good old Slurmy. I saw an interesting uh, internet conversation, Jared, about how perhaps the Ferengi diet uh, being more bug insect based is also a, a an artifact of their evolution with their ear development so like listening for bugs and things like that you know interesting stuff makes sense makes sense makes sense so voyager (laughs) season three all right how much do you want to hear about this i guess we can just go until you want me to stop well yeah i don't know i I definitely wouldn't go past 13 but i'm I'm saying like we don't even have to go that far do it hit me with it big dog all right, so as you remember, last last season, season two ends with uh, my man, Brad Dourif. Uh, and what happens is the Kazon, the undisputed worst villain in Star Trek franchise uh, so far, um, they take over the ship, they leave all of the Federation people on a planet, and then they take off. And the only person left on the ship is the Doctor and... My man, Brad Dourif, who is a recovered, rehabilitated serial killer. And this is where it clicked for me that I was like, this whole series is about rehabilitation. And it's like for all of the characters mm. in a certain way, but specifically here, because it's it's all about Brad Dourif getting over his urge to kill people. <laughs> and then they leave on the ship and then the doctor's like, hey, you got to go kill all the Kazons. Oh, and geez. Brad... And then Brad Dourif has a deep emotional crisis, Jer. And he really, oh my God, does he eat it up? He eats it right up, Jarrett. 
Oh man, is it good? Uh, he is amazing in this. That goes without saying. Well, first uh, of all, you didn't say what's your one sentence and rating. Yes. Uh, quote unquote Indian. <laughs> Two out of four stars. Okay. So Brad Dourif is amazing, but this we start to get into some problematic territory where there is a lot of talk of quote unquote Indians in space, uh, specifically Chakotay and his playoff of other Indians, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Uh, so the planet that they get left on is uh, inhabited by other people and Chakotay goes to like make contact with them to live together. And they're kind of like Neanderthal uh like cave people, but they are talked at, like they describe them as Indians. And it's like, that doesn't really make sense. You could have said like the native people or the indigenous people, but whatever. Anyways. uh, So they're all the crew are on the planet. And then uh, Brad Dourif has to go and uh, murder all of the Kazons, which is pretty cool. A, A beautiful thing. It's pretty, yeah. This is like a this is like a high two. It's problematic, but uh, uh, the Brad Dourif stuff is great. And then I am sad to report, and this is a spoiler. This is the last episode that Brad Dourif is in. Does he die? He dies. Oh, okay. So it's not that he leaves and the potential for him to come back. Uh, he dies taking back the ship. Uh, and then what happens basically is. Uh, he takes it back and then the doctor helps out too. And then I think something with Seska cause she's still involved. It seems so far from my memory now. Uh, like they go back to the planet and then Voyager people take it back over, kick out all the Kazons and then they have the ship again. So that stuff's whatever. Brad Durf is pretty great. Okay. But, uh, 302. Um, Sulu's back, baby. High two out of four stars. Oh, uh, it's this episode. This could be a three, maybe. Well, no, maybe it's a two. It's not great, but this is the episode that takes place during Star Trek VI, mm-hmm. The Undiscovered Country. It is actually a it's a pretty cool episode. Um, so it it all takes place in Tuvok's memory because Tuvok is part of Sulu's ship that is in the movie Star Trek VI. That stuff is really cool. The build-up stuff outside of it that's taking place on Voyager – that stuff isn't great. Uh, my other notes for this is mind your own business, Kess. And then who is this lady? So there's this older lady who is given in it like prominent screen time, like at least 10 minutes. And I was like, who the fuck is this lady? I was like, why are they showing this lady so much? Is she like the wife of someone who like, is this Gene Roddenberry's wife or something? Again? She, again? Yeah. Well, I was like, I don't know his, 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 his other wife, one of his other white uh, wives, maybe, no. uh, yeah, I don't. Apparently, she was an actress in the original series. Oh, and that's all it was. Is it like, uh, well, what's her name? Because because well, there's like because yeah, Marion because what's uh because yeah, Grace Lee Whitney is her real name and her name in this was Commander Janice Rand. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know who that fucking was. Yeah, Jan- what you remember Rand? No. What? What is right, she from? Yeah. I don't remember Star Trek? She was the blonde. I didn't remember that because yeah, because then yeah, Roddenberry's wife was uh the like the nurse that like showed up later in the series, uh, Nurse Marion Church, whatever it is. Yeah, 
Okay, well that makes sense. That's like, why. I, that's I why. That, yeah, that's why they gave I did her so see much that time. She was from original series afterwards, but while I was watching this, there was no recognition so there because the, she's an old lady well, now. Yeah. Well, did you see? Did you read why they did this? Because of where she like it was because the of thirtieth. It was the thirtieth anniversary, and it yeah. was produced at the same time as Trials and Tribulations on DS Nine. Gotcha. So, so they're doing a throwback month, and they and they're like, hey. Yeah. You want some work? Well, I mean, and it's like I said, this is a it's a cool episode. So this is episode two flashback. Uh, all this stuff with Sulu is really cool. But uh, what's actually happening, there's a mind parasite that gets into Tuvok. And like, so he is reliving his time on the ship over and over again. That's really cool. But the, pro- the part that bothers me is Kess. Kess starts to get extremely annoying. She already has been, but... My thing was that she needs to mind her business. She keeps putting herself into like other people's stuff, and it's like it's like, Kess, you got to fucking relax. Leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Worry about yourself. Look inward. You know what I mean, Jared? Anyways, this uh, the Kess stuff is annoying, but this episode is good. Like the Sulu stuff is cool, right? So, but other than that, like it's no trials and tribula- tribulations or anything like that. Uh, all right, Jared. 303. Harry Kim gets sold in prison. One out of four stars. <laughs> the shoot. So I don't know. I don't know if this technically classifies for the Wang watch. He does get sold as property in prison. Hey, so is uh, that a form of kidnapping? I think it's against his will. Well, yeah. So, so, so do so, I mark this down on Wang watch? Is, is he was kidnapped? Is well, he's arrested. Yeah. I mean, because you could well, like. I mean, now the, now the problem is okay. Would it make? Is it Wang Watch? Because it's like he's kidnapped, or is it Harry Kim in peril? Because I have been. I've only been doing kidnappings. But how many times has he been in peril though? Because other than like when he gets like frequently. Yeah, but like when he gets uh, ejected out of the ejected ship, ejected into space. I did not count that for the Wayne. No, because he wasn't kidnapped, except by death. That one he death dies. Well, he died because death kidnapped him. But uh, yeah. here he's been he's been incarcerated <laughs> as opposed and then to in kidnapped because he was by some by someone's law. So no, this would not count toward. Well, actually, kidnap. actually, they're wrongfully incriminated him and Tom Tom Paris. Yeah, that happens all the time though. But is that state okay. kidnapping? I mean. Okay, I, I won't, we won't count it. Uh, but this episode is really fucking weird. <laughs> and it's Tom Paris in, in not amphibian form. I'm sad it's, to read. Sadly. Yeah, that they peaked in season two with that. Uh, this is a Tom Paris and Harry Kim are in prison episode. And it is, uh, it's not good, number one. But two it's really weird like weird shit happens in here so they get put into a prison by like an alien race that just do it whatever uh and then inside like so they're in this like prison camp and there's all talk about like how everyone wants harry kim (laughs) like there's another guy trying to like buy him and stuff and then like a squirrel master type guy comes out and he's just like he's like lay off these guys are mine i'll take them on and then you're just like uh (laughs) what and then they all start to go crazy and fight each other uh and like i can't this is like a month ago i watched this so i don't remember everything that happens in this but uh, i remember being really weirded out by it where i was just like what is going on like they were like fighting with each other 
not that it was confusing, but more like I was like, who thought this was a good idea kind of thing? The shoot. The shoot. Yes. So um, this is a weird one, man. It's not good for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I don't even know what else to say about it. Prison. Episode four. Episode four. Uh, 304 Space Bugs. Two out of four stars. This is also the doctor gets dementia. Uh, so it's not a bad episode, but it is. Um, I think it's OK. So this is the swarm. Uh, the doctor is. So he has memory issues and he's basically dying, but it's also just dementia where it's like anytime they got him or like they bring him up, he doesn't remember the last like couple of years. And it was just I think what the way that they kind of play it off is that uh he was never des- designed to be running all the time. It was just supposed to be in like, like little bursts if the doctor wasn't around. Uh, so it's not, it's not a bad episode. Uh, it's all about kind of taking care of the doctor, but uh, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about her. Apparently they were huge space bugs also in this episode. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Some kind See, of, is... some kind of swarm. Some kind of swarm. I, uh, fuck Maybe I should look up the pictures. These, these episodes are uh, very far in my memory now. It's been like, a while since you watched these. Like we're talking like, like almost a month ago. Like a month ago, yeah. So I'm looking at some pictures, and there was there's definitely space bugs, and they're on the ship doing hmm. stuff. Well, tell me about uh, the next episode then. Uh, Three oh five, the Ferengi are back, baby. High two out of four stars. Yeah, this High is two. well. This is the episode that. Uh... I think you described to me. I went, wait, what? That's amazing. It's pretty cool. It doesn't, uh, as I believe is the case with most Voyager episodes, the main plot story is good. Like the Ferengi story is cool on this, but the B plot story is usually lacking and it brings down the episode as a whole. So this is False Prophets. These are the uh, TNG Ferengi who go through the wormhole and then are never seen again. Way back in like the first few seasons. Yeah, this is like season two or three of uh, TNG, I think. So this is like it is this episode is super cool for bringing them back. Like and uh, it's a good idea, too. So they uh, they land on a planet. So just for content. So this is like following up on a a, pl- a plot point from another series that was also seven years earlier. Cause it, that epi- seven years earlier. the episode aired November 13th, 1989, the price yep. of next generation and false profits aired October 2nd, 1996. Yeah. That is, that's gotta be one of the, like it's pretty, Longest. it's pretty unique that it paid off in that it way. Is. In this way, that's like, Oh, this is like something that no one has thought about at all since yep. like it aired and no one would ever expect other than like people are like, well, there were those Ferengi who were uh, deposited in the Delta Quadrant. It would be a, mm-hmm. a pleasant surprise uh, to perhaps to follow up on that particular plot thread. And then when it happened, oh, and, and RJ, yes. as I would, as I did. Yep. So here, here's the thing about this episode, Jared. As you said, it is beyond cool that they did this. It is. Well, like, it, it was yeah, – all the Ferengi stuff is great. Satisfying. Enter Neelix. Well – there's nothing satisfying Not so about great. Neelix. They bring that's the only blemish on this episode too is they bring Neelix in and they make him Ferengi to try to like Well cuz so he cuz he was a Ferengi in an episode too. He was. But like the, the they actor. Make him, 
yeah, they make him Ferengi, and then like they get him to play along with this. But it's like he doesn't know anything about Ferengi. He's from the he's from a completely different quadrant. Like you guys are the one telling him. It's like why would you pick him to be the guy who's the actor for the Ferengi, for the Ferengi? Like in terms of the show, it well, doesn't make. Would sense. you prefer uh, one Harry Kim? I mean, he would at least know would have someone who they could even said was like, oh yeah, this person has experience with Ferengi. They can like they can pretend to be one instead they get the guy who's never met or heard of one before ever and they're like hey you go do this that's the only blemish on the episode what's going on voyager's traveling and then they get like a like a like a signal kind of pop up and it's just like whoa 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 someone just used a replicator and it's like those don't exist in this quadrant we are the only ones who have that and they're like is there other people from the alpha quadrant which happens every like four episodes of Voyager, they run into people who are also from the alpha quadrant. Um, but so they, they get the replicator signal, they go down there and they find that these two Ferengi are on the planet that doesn't have the technology. So they are pretending to be gods and they replicate stuff, but all they really replicate is the rules of acquisition. And then they give it out to people and then they are, they just kind of rule the planet. So, uh, Janeway being the, uh, good guy that she is she's like Mm-mm. she's like we can't, we can't allow this it's like they're just like manipulating these people so they try to convince them to leave the Ferengi are like no we shouldn't leave because it's like we're improving their lives outside story there is a separate worm little wormhole there and they're trying to go through it and then I can't quite remember I think the Ferengi leave through it like they get pushed through but then Voyager doesn't and then they don't go go home again but by, because yeah because is that our way home it's been a while since I got to say that. Uh, yeah. I, I have been marveling at yep. the for reception. In 2017, treknews.net uh, felt felt this was one of the funniest episodes of all Star Trek. I mean, I think that's a little generous, but... <laughs> and likened it, the plot to that of another science fiction franchise, Stargate. So the question there, RJ, is, RJ, when are you going to start watching Stargate? Okay, so after... Uh, and Star Trek Enterprise, after Star Trek Picard, after Star Trek uh, Discovery, after Star Trek uh, Brave New Worlds, after Battlestar Galactica, after the after, Shield, after the Shield, after Millennium, after Babylon Five, oh. uh, what other? Maybe then Stargate, Twilight Zone, Outer Limits, Twilight Zone, Outer Limits, uh, maybe an X Files rewatch again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, then probably uh, uh, Stargate. So maybe Ch- when I'm 80. Chinese knockoffs of Lost. Uh, it's not a knockoff, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it wasn't an official production yeah. from ABC. I That's see. all I can say about it. Uh, yes, they're not getting paid for your viewing. They, I paid $30 for it, Canadian. Yeah. That's yeah. all I That's all I can tell well, you. Then, yeah. All right? There you go. Uh, but, yeah, it's sweet. This is a cool episode. Sweet. But, amazing outstanding i look forward to watching just that this one episode uh yes you should give it so uh, when, when you're making your cliff notes of these uh you just put a little asterisk on that one for Is, this one yeah so i I'll remember yeah so i remember well, I put, I, yeah. my tagline was the Ferengi are back baby that should be so, clue enough right so, so far I've, i'd be at like two episodes i want to watch maybe three i think of Voyager. oh you gotta watch you gotta watch uh the uh, de evolution or the future evolution. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's one. one of them. That's one of them. You have to. That one and like 
the Brad Dourif one, you're not as much of a Brad Dourif stan as I am. So like, I, I actually do think you would like it regardless. So okay. I, I, I think that's a, a must see as well. Go on. 306. Uh, cosplay isn't consent, buddy. Slash space orb erotica. Two out of four stars. Okay. So this is a, this is a weird one, Jared. This is, is it... some of that mental rape again. Oh, goddamn. Goddamn you, Star Trek. <laughs> they oh, and isn't, it, isn't it weird that all these, like, mind rape episodes all involve the female characters on the show isn't that an odd coincidence i mean it is strange jared why why, why no they one get trying both to... of them in this one too oh both of them huh they get uh janeway and uh belena torres weird so just weird. in one what a what a funny coincidence no one's ever trying to mind rape uh neelix and tom paris no. No, no one's trying to do that, Jarrett. No. No one's trying to do that. So an episode that aired on Jarrett's birthday, this is 306, remember? My, birth, uh, my birthday. My, my, okay, my birthday. Wow, that's news to me. Yep, yep. So this is uh, Jarrett's birthday. Uh, you guys can look into that if you want. Uh, so 306, remember, they encounter a new race of people that have a real uh, obsession with orbs. And they play them like an instrument. Oh, it's man. like orbs, and they're just like, and it makes music, and they all get like all turned on by it. It's really weird, gross. Uh, so they're doing this, and then uh, one of the or Janeway being a good host at first contact, she's like, uh, they're like, would you like to play an orb? She's like, sure, I'll play one of these orbs, and she goes to play it, and then the, an old man comes behind her and like touches her head, and then it's like, oh. And it's like a, a melding of the people. And Janeway's like, whoa. She's like, I wasn't okay with that. And he's like, well, excuse me. He's like, in our culture, you touch the orb. You're opening the door for this. Like, the way you're dressed, it just, I assumed, kind of thing. So they get Janeway. And she's just like, mm-mm. No, thank you. Uh, and then the side plot is that uh, Belena Torres is doing a hollow novel and erotica. So hollow novels is what Voyager is about, where they're living out acting stuff. And uh, this one's all erotica based because she's a real horn dog. Um, oh, and, shit. Uh, that reminds me of speaking of holodecks. There's like that one last like super holodeck episode of TNG where like the uh, the computer's AI hits a point and it's trying to create life. And oh, then, yeah. And, that's a cool episode. Yeah. And then you have like all the members of the... Uh, I think it's like Charles Danning or something, Dunning or whatever. Uh, he's like the conductor. Or no, yeah, yes. he's, yeah, he's the train guy, man. And then there's the engineer, yeah. and there's the gangster who's got the brick, and they're trying to build the form, and they have to solve the puzzle before the ship yeah. blows up. That's a cool episode, and Data stands up for him. He's like, they're a life form just like me. Mm-hmm. It's good. That's the best part about Data, man. He stands up for the computers. Mm-hmm. Uh and, oh, and, and erotica and, and all the cats he's got at the end of uh the series too when he's old, when he's got his uh his, his gray stripe data. and he's got all the cats oh that's the best that's why data is the coolest man he is i recommend everyone gets a life-size door hang of data it'll improve your life i, I promise uh what else should i say here oh yeah so one of the mind guys goes into her erotica novel and then basically is tricking her into hot stuff so uh it's just mind rape left and right (laughs) really treading new ground yes 
Uh, so what what do you want? A couple more or uh, uh where are we put a at? Pin in it? Uh, maybe I could do maybe one more. If I do one more episode, that's a good stopping point. Perfect. Because the next episode is a two parter. Yeah, I see that. I see that. So uh, let's do one more here. Uh, three oh seven. Jane Wade does ayahuasca. Two out of four stars. That is exactly what happens. Uh, so they go in here and. Uh, you know the mom from Freaks and Geeks, Jarrett? Yeah. So she's in this, and she's uh, Janeway's spirit guide. So they go to this planet, and they're, like, doing their normal stuff. And then uh, I think what happens is Kess gets sick, and then the planet's like, yeah, man, she's got, our, uh, she's got like, green fever. She's dead. This episode's directed by Tom Paris. Oh, it's okay. It's not great. Nothing to do with the direction. Uh, it's more that it's... It's just a whatever episode, um, but good to know. Uh, so they go there, and the plant's like, yeah, she's going to die. It's this thing that happens to us. And oh, is like, is there a cure? And they're like, yeah, but only we have it. This episode's got George Costanza's George mom in it, too. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And a cool role, actually, for her. So, like, this whole the whole planet's just like, yeah, we can save her, but you have to do all this stuff. And it's like, it's kind of a bothersome thing. And then Janeway's like, I will do it. It's fine. And then, so she goes down to the planet, and it's, uh, they're just like, okay, you gotta, we gotta be upfront with you. Whatever you're gonna do here doesn't mean anything. She's probably gonna die anyways. Like, whatever you do won't actually save her. And she's like, okay, I'm still gonna do it. So the mom from Freaks and Geeks takes her on this and, like and a, and the mom from Girls and the mom from Girls yep uh, takes her on this journey where uh, it's basically like ayahuasca where she's like tripping out and it's like in like in Dune where they have the box that like your yeah. hand hurts in yeah. this one has like she puts her hand and takes it out and it's like there was a snake in there and it's just like now you're ready because she's like filled up with the venom she's like whoa so she does all this shit uh, like. Uh, I don't know, like a spirit trip. And then she enters a room with a bunch of old people that are waiting for their spirit trip. And that's where, uh, um, Mrs. Costanza is. And, uh, Janeway gets put off. She's like, what are you guys doing? They're like, we're waiting for enlightenment. And she's like, Oh, this is like a con. Cause these people are all old. Uh, but then later she realizes, no, the old people were the enlightenment. And it was none of this stuff mattered. You needed to do the sit with the old people. So respect your elders kind of thing, Jared. So, and then she saves Cass, and everything is fine. That's Sacred Ground, Episode 7. I That reminded me, when you said Enlightenment, I was like, oh, is it like when Data crashes on the planet, and uh, it's like Renaissance planet, and he has to, ex- he has to explain scientific method. Yeah, and then he Frankensteins yeah. it, because that's also yeah. uh, a throwback to scientific method and uh, Enlightenment thinking. There's a uh, Ice Man. Of... <laughs> Ice Man. It's like that character There's... actor guy shows up. Yeah, he does, and he's pretty cool in that. Yeah. I was just gonna say though, there's a. Uh, I just watched a Scientific Method episode of Voyager. It was called Scientific Method. Holy fuck! I I can also say that I have now I think seen the top three rated episode or oh not the very top, but the uh, some of the top five rated episodes of Voyager. And I gotta say, if that's all it is, I got a long, uh, a, a lot of wa- long watching to go. If that's, if that was the top of the top, the, the one you just, oh, uh... I watched Scorpion, yeah. which is uh, 
the Borg stuff, and then I'm I, I just watched Year of Hell, which I'll get there. It's good. It's a cool idea, but at the, at the same time, it's not it's not blowing any dicks off, Jared. Not me, at least. So I don't know what to say. Well, okay. I, yeah, I don't want to like talk about it too much because Year of Hell. We'll get there. No, 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 no. I've never. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen it that, that I can recall. But there's like other stuff that comes along that might be more interesting. Maybe. I well, I have long held since original series. Well, since TNG when I've been using IMDb. Their ratings are total horseshit. They have five star episodes that are like complete, like eight out of ten or eight out of fours. And then they have episodes that claim to be nine out of ten that like suck ass. So I don't really trust these ratings at all. But uh, I feel like it's pretty goddamn easy to come up with like a top 50 list of like what you've watched so far. There, it should be. Yeah. yeah. If you're like, or, or and, maybe 50 is a lot, but like you could come up with like, these are like the best episodes of the series for, for the fans. I could do that. Yeah. yeah I mean, so I, yeah, I've, I'll say in season four with seven and nine, she's pretty cool, man. And uh, it's definitely getting better, but they're not using her as much as I think they grow to eventually. Well, yeah, Apparently but... uh, Rob Eagle sent me something about uh, how, um, Harry Kim, uh, Garrett Wang was annoyed at seven of a nine because it took attention away from him. <laughs> He's like the, uh, the introduction, it, which, which it probably did. It probably well, yeah, did. He probably... can't get kidnapped anymore. Well, because now they have like a character who's popular. <laughs> it's like, Oh, Hey, yeah. The, the really attractive new cast member. That's like hitting it out of the park in popularity. Yeah. Sorry, Harry. <laughs> You're, you're, it's like, that's what it is. That's that's the business, <laughs> bud. And uh, I'm fine with that. I have to say that I am uh, I am completely fine with uh, that. Uh, yeah, that you'll, decision. You'll you'll take the, uh, the 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 blonde in the skin tight suit. Yeah, it is yeah. without a doubt <laughs> for the tightest uh, the tightest wardrobe of any Star Trek character so far. Uh, without a doubt, man. You know. Not to go down that road, but I, I I couldn't help but like burst out laughing at times with Next Gen with uh, Marina Sirtis's outfits. Oh my her, god, they're her, fucking her, ridiculous! Her, her, her just toppling out. Yep, some of her outfits are ridiculous. Outfits I think the are... the uh, most egregious one is when she's like she's like not herself, yeah. and she's like oh man banging dudes all over the yeah, ship. She's basically it, naked. So there is like around. so there's this element of like next generation that i was noticing that was like oh hey that like they don't even bring attention to it where it seems like open relationships are just like fine because yeah. it seems like uh you know it's you get the sense that picard and uh uh <laughs> gates mcfad i don't want to call her a crusher they're yeah they're banging i mean they don't make any yep. there's no big deal about it they're just like yeah we're both adults on the ship and uh when we got an itch to scratch uh we will take care of that well breakfast we're gonna have we're gonna have breakfast. You're gonna come over. We're gonna have some breakfast, and then we're gonna to get to work. And uh, and it's it's TV in the '90s, and we're just going to do that. And then it's like then they have a relationship with someone else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they have a, a relationship of the week that comes along, and there's like kind of like a little bit of like jealousy because you're like, oh no, I was really plotting along. Sometime we would try to like have a relationship. He's like, well, no, but they've probably been having sex this whole time. Potentially, and, but but they don't leave. They just leave it that way. And same mm-hmm. with like Riker and uh, Deanna Troy. They like you know they get Deanna Troy seems to like 
fall in love every time any guy comes every, along. Every it's week. Like, it's probably Riker's just like that guy that's around. Right? But Riker's like, man, that, that series progresses. He's just like, whoever the, the hot new thing is on that ship. And the, the, he, he's he gets, all over. Oh, he's always like in uh, 10 forward. And there he is. He's like, hi. Hi, I'm a first officer. You gotta watch. I, uh, I'll there, probably have my own ship one day. There's a clip of uh, when Jonathan Frakes guest showed up on a episode of Wings. Remember Wings? Oh my god! And that uh, awesome. and you just see him uh, putting on the moves on one of the regulars on it. He's very suave. That Frakes. Uh, Oliver Granger sent me a video of Jonathan Frakes chasing down a woman on the set of uh, TNG. I'll, I'll send it your way. <laughs> it was it was it was pretty. Good. Oh, like full on like hi like acknowledging you're a woman and then he gets her so it's uh problematic <laughs> he gets her but uh i will say that the uh the open polygamy uh is no longer a thing in voyager because uh there is several instances where uh monogamy is thrown like this is the only kind of thing and uh even chakotay says i have no right of uh being jealous but i am yeah and then you go whoa well, there's a, there's, 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 there's serious. Well, hey, in the very last episode of TNG, just like when everyone's so free and easy, when uh, Riker realizes that Worf and uh, Troy are uh, mm-hmm. an item, he has that like distant look in his face when he's like yeah. when he's realized it, and huh, what? Like, are you are you distracted? He's like, no, no, no I'm, I'm I'm good, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel bad for Worf. His wife died. She was murdered. Was well, like. Mother of his child. He didn't. I don't think they actually. Did they no, actually he get... was married to Dax. They got married. No, no, sir. I was thinking his like. Uh, no, I know. I, Alexander's I mean, in, mom. In the history of Worf, yes. like he's had a rough time. Like he how had. They, yeah. How did like, Alexander's they, wife did, died, and then did, Dax they, died? Do they reconcile that in the movies? Like Worf and Troy's Worf? relationship. Did that when it slips up? Like when their relationship uh... just goes by the wayside? Because I know, apparently, uh, people were mad. They were really getting mad about Worf and Troy because they're like, this doesn't make any sense. Even though I thought they actually had pr- pretty decent chemistry together. But yeah, I mean, it, I'm like, is this some like 90s stuff about like, oh, because yeah. Worf's like a black person and she's white. I, I, I feel like there it, might there might be a tinge of that. Uh, just just a, just a little bit from some fandom corners. It could have been. I uh, I I thought they were fine together. Yeah, I I, um, I mean, it what makes, what I I always forget you, about that because it's such a late yeah. addition to season seven. Uh, yeah, and then they're like, oh, it's the it's Troy and Riker are meant to be forever, and then you do get that, and it's still terrible. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it is. Uh, in terms of your question, I don't know if the movies address it. Like, I can't quite remember. In Insurrection, it's not brought up at all because like. Like they don't even they they're like oh well in the Dominion Wars and then they move yeah. on so like they, well because Worf married himself like, yeah he's moved on and he's like yeah I'm I'm over that so they yeah they just roll right past that but whatever so yeah that's a uh, Voyager for you bud Voyage when are you gonna dive in I know oh, you're nope. uh, my my reviews are nothing yeah. but stimulating it, it is not it, you have not sold me on it being worth my time. It's not, but uh, individual episodes are not bad. We'll see. Apparently, it's supposed to season four on. It's supposed to be good, so we'll see. We'll see. Yep. Oh, I just read a headline. I wonder why. why I wonder why my mail's been so slow. Workers at Canada Post plant held party weeks before partial shutdown. 
Workers at a major Canada Post sorting plant in Mississauga held a retirement party for a colleague last month just weeks before the plant was partly shut down by a COVID-19 outbreak. Sure. No. It happens, man. Hey. How... It happens everywhere. And uh, speaking of movie news, mm-hmm. uh, I just, how, how about the Warner Brothers? They want a, a black Superman. I mean, I think that's been in talk for a while. Hey, yeah, I feel like, like this has been coming. I feel cares? like I feel like this has been coming down for a long time about the possibility of it, and yep. it's kind of like they're going to do whatever they're going to do, and maybe it'll be a good movie. Maybe it'll just be like nothing. And yep. uh, I, don't, I don't, I don't give a shit who's the actor in yeah. it. Just make a make a good movie for once, you know. Like I and I was actually I was reading that Earth Two stuff when they they. Like, cause I, I'm assuming that's oh. what they're going off. No, of, right? I, I know they're going to Superman. It's, it's, well, it's just going to be like, it's, it's a uh, Kal-El, I guess. So it'll be Clark Kent. Well, what, yeah, what that's, that's the idea, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, it's, but then of course people are like, why isn't it like, you know, Barack Obama, Superman that uh, Grant Morrison won. I can't remember his, the character's name specifically. It would, it would make more sense to be the earth Two Superman who was just, but like, like that's where that first black Superman Val, came from. Oh yeah. There's so that there's Val Zod. Uh, yeah, was one of the characters, and then there's another name that pops up, but like I don't remember because like I've read these comics once when they came out, and I've never thought about it again. Yeah, because that's how it I goes. Mean, What's uh, the other name? Calvin Ellis, and that's sort of the weird like. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's the president Superman. That uh, yes, right. I mean, I wouldn't want that. I would rather just have just a normal yeah, just do Clark Kent. don't do a president like who yeah i don't give a shit who's the actors and they could put whoopi goldberg in his well i mean i would have i would love that that'd be amazing but uh i don't know put fucking amy poehler as superman as long as the script is good i don't give a shit i know i've been using amy poehler a lot lately but <laughs> just uh just right there in my brain so that sounds cool whatever Hey, did you uh, did you like that Ben Affleck video I sent you? Speaking of news, I had no idea what that is. I have no idea what you sent me. <laughs> did I... you did you watch the video? I did. Okay, so it's a big news right now. So Ben Affleck ma- uh, matched with, or some girls like, yeah, Ben Affleck matched me. I thought it was a fake, so I unmatched him, and then he sent her that video, and I just love his delivery. He said, "Hey, why did you unmatch me? It's me." And that's it. It's beautiful. I kind of wish he would follow up with being like, it's me, Ben Affleck. Is, is that even, like, is that real though? Is that like, is it, or is it like, cause I, I saw that same girl or still with her in other TikTok forums or something. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. See, this is the thing. I'm like, oh, what is this? If it's a deep fake joke, it's still funny, but whatever. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know what's real and I don't care. Yeah. Nothing is real, Jared. No. Yeah. Specifically not art. Specifically, specifically, it's less real than most things. Yeah, I agree, a hundred percent. Well, you want you want to get real? I I mean that's the only time you can say that. You you want to talk? Right. You want you want to talk about some b ball? I love b ball. Spike Lee, he likes b ball. He's a Knicks fan. Woo <laughs> woo! After the break, we're going to break away and score. Right? Touch touchdown. Touchdown. Goal. Like like that. Am I doing it? You're doing something. Fuck. Do you want me to shoot it? Do you want me to pass it? Do you want me to slam? 
Yo, yo, we don't need that. Now it's time for me to get wide open. I start smoking. I am no joke, the shack has spoken. I dominate my competition and bust them with the ammunition. I choose my own opposition. A mad brother from the dark planet. Who controls it? Not Janet. You better can it. You better believe I'm coming hardcore for the cause. You better pause before I bust a hole in yours. The shack of toast is a tall human being. You catch shack and kin dog in the Coliseum. You better make way and stop because I'm hostile. I get hyped like church choir singing gospel. Pass the ball or the mic, whatever suits you. Give it away, give it away now. Shack attack laying low key, so don't knock me or try to stop me. I got skills like Mr. Miyagi. I wax on and stay on, so back up. with a game, with a basket and a ball. It becomes a journey of heartbreak and hope from city streets to the brink of fame. Isaiah the amazing story of two boys and two families struggling against the odds. My mother, God bless her, she's always sending me to America. You can make something of your life against the system. You have to realize you can make their team win. To make a dream come true. All I ever dreamed about was playing in the NBA. People ask me, will I remember them if I make it? I tell them, will you remember me if I don't? Hoop Dreams, an extraordinary true story, a unique motion picture experience. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Hoop Dreams from 1994, directed by Steve James. The tagline for this film, RJ. Feels like it's, mm-hmm. feels like it's been a while since we had a tagline. Well, a week at least. An extraordinary true story. Is it? <laughs> oh, I guess. It's... Yeah, this is a documentary, right? Yeah. Yeah, I knew that. It's truer than true. I knew that completely. I never doubted it for a minute. A synopsis from a letterbox. Sure. Every school day, African American teenagers William Gates and Arthur Agee, Agee mm-hmm. uh, travel ninety minutes each way from inner city Chicago to St. Joseph High School in Westchester, Illinois, a predominantly white suburban school well known for the excellence of its basketball program. Gates and Agee, goddamn it, Agee, dream of NBA stardom, and with the support of their close-knit families, they battle the social and physical obstacles that stand in their way. This acclaimed documentary was shot over the course of five years. Was it? Yeah, kind of, not really, but it took a while to edit. I mean, yeah, wait, actually, was it shot over five years? Well, I mean, if you look at Arthur, I mean, he was pretty young at the beginning. Well, Arthur was in, uh, he was just getting into like grade 10. And, 
what's his name was in grade 12 like that was the difference right or not maybe not grade 10 maybe grade 9 like entering high school and the other one well, was at the end of high school leaving yeah, Arthur like when born, they started or, or see Arthur was born in 72 uh, and when did this film come out Jared? well it would have been like it got re- so the film got released in 94 but I think that the climax is 1991 oh okay I, I believe so uh yeah, I mean, yeah, I think is the climax cuz yeah, Arthur Aggie. So, yeah, it's like man, 80s cuz he was like he seemed fairly young at the beginning of this. And then he like yeah. then he shoots up like a weed. See, I think Arthur was like entering high school in this Maybe. one. And yeah. like that was the thing was like he was starting his high school basketball career where um what's the uh, other buddy's name? Uh William. <laughs> William, William was leaving, like it was his last year of high school. So it was like, that was the parallel where it was like entering this community and then like just leaving this community kind of thing. Oh yeah. Of like Marshall and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, cause yeah. So we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into the Mm -hmm. ins and outs of this thing. So Hoop Dreams is a documentary that I watched many, 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 many years ago. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like I remember renting this begrudgingly from a video store because at the time I would have been going through Roger Ebert's top 10 films of every year from in that window of time. There used to be like a list online. It might still be up there where they had like Roger Ebert's top 10 list for from like 1967 to mm-hmm. 2000. And Hoop Dreams was not only on that list, but I think it also wound up being on his best films of the 90s list. Ooh. I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, he, yeah, honestly, like Roger Ebert, I feel really probably made this film. Like, and it makes sense. As uh, a champion? Yeah. Major champion of this, like making mm-hmm. it happen. Him and Siskel, uh, Gene Siskel, they both uh, pushed this thing hard. They're both Chicago based. This documentary is also about Chicago. And. Yeah. They they uh, apparently got a, a a tape of it shown before it was shown at Sundance, and I guess like mm-hmm. the weekend it was going to be, or a week before it was going to be at Sundance, it was on. They were reviewing it there, and then okay. uh, several months later they were talking about it again when it was kind of going into theatrical, talking about how amazing it was. It was on their best of the their, their it was each their best movie of the year in nineteen for nineteen ninety four. Yeah, not uh, just docs, just best movies. Best best movie. Best movie. Yeah. Um, Ebert's 10 best movies of the 1990s that wound up being number one. Uh, this is a list. Again, let me read this list for folks that maybe. Of don't all know. of the 90s? Of all of the it? 90s. Number number one is Hoop Dreams. Number two is Pulp Fiction. Number three is Goodfellas, uh, which also star, stars Paul Servino, a.k.a. Worf's brother. Yes. Uh, Fargo, the mm-hmm. Three Colors trilogy, Schindler's List, Breaking the Waves, Leaving Las Vegas, Malcolm X, and JFK. Roger Ebert's best movie that he had there was Hoop Dreams. Dreams. So this is why when I saw Hoop Dreams, this documentary about basketball, I was kind of like, I don't want to watch this. (laughs) You're like, I don't know how to sport. Yeah, I'm like, I don't don't want to. But I got to watch it. It's the last one on this entire list I haven't seen yet. Three hours long. (laughs) 
You said, I want to watch Star Trek. I don't want to watch Hoop Dreams. Well, no, I want to watch Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> That's what I would have been... At the time, yeah. Probably. Something like that. Or, or mm-hmm. you know, it was like delaying watching that and Barry Lyndon that I had in my Stanley Kubrick VHS tape set. So it was like, Barry Lyndon, yeah. Napoleonic era. Oh... Everyone puts off Barry Lyndon, and then when you watch Barry Lyndon, you go, oh, oh damn. I get it. Yes. But yeah, I, I I was the same way. I was like, Barry Lyndon. <laughs> it's, just some, it's, some, it's just some guy's name. <laughs> yeah, it just, like, it's just... It Barton just Fink. <laughs> Barton Fink. Oh. The Berries. Yeah, you can't trust those guys. No. You no. can't. So I get it. You get it. So... Yeah, I watched Hoop Dreams ages ago, and um, like I just remember when I watched it, I was like, "Oh, this is good," mm-hmm. and just haven't really like thought too much about it. Even though on this rewatch, I was like, "Oh, I really remember this very clearly." <laughs> like just mm-hmm. moments throughout this thing. So it's been it's, it was long overdue for a rewatch. I had thought about like at uh, various points during these fifty percent off sales for criterions to pick up all these all the documentaries that come along since i really uh, enjoy documentary and hoop dreams was like oh well maybe one of these times one of these days and boy rj i really wish i had bought that for this week because how come we'll get well i'll get it out of the way now so there's a follow-up documentary to hoop yeah. dreams uh that steve james made in 2015 exclusively for the criterion collection Wow. And uh, so I was like, oh, damn. So, of course, this isn't available right now on the Criterion channel. So that special feature isn't available right now. And you look around online, can't find it. No one's got it. And I'm like, son of a bitch. So I look at my local library. I look at the Creepsville U library page and I see, hey, there we are. They've got Hoop Dreams on DVD in the Criterion format. Because I actually, because mm-hmm. the other reason I haven't rushed out to buy the Hoop Dreams Blu-ray or Criterion at all is because I actually have the pre-Criterion release of it on DVD that I actually yeah. got, uh, you know, previously viewed from Blockbuster or some video store. So I actually do own this, but it's an old DVD without this special feature with the follow-up um, with like, where are they now kind of stuff. Where are they now? Uh, we'll, we'll, oh, we'll get there. We'll, 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 we'll get there. We'll get there. Continue. So, Continue. Uh, I, so I put a request in. And, of course, the university library is closed right now. It's great. So things take, sure. day, things take days. I don't know what's going on there. So I had to email mm-hmm. them at 1 this afternoon and saying, hey, mm-hmm. uh, I need to get this. Is there a problem? And then like an hour later, oh, sorry, this must have got lost. Uh, here you go. And they they said I could come and pick it up, which I did. And I walk in. I grab it. I'm walking out, and I'm reading the back. And I realize, oh, the 2015 40 minute thing the little the new updated documentary isn't on this version of the criterion dvd it's only on the re-release oh good good for you good for so you did you take it back i immediately know? turned around put it in the return bin and the one uh person working they're like oh and i went yeah this isn't going to work, unfortunately. <laughs> I I should have done, I should have done my research. I guess they're like, oh well, I, I, we could try to get it in for you. I went. I need it for tonight. 
<laughs> and I don't know what, what she thought I meant by that, or what what do you what would conclude was so necessary that I would need it for tonight. But mysteries. What I if someone if I worked at a library and someone was demanding a copy of a film for weeks and weeks, I assume, and then they like came out and they're like, "I need this today," and I said, "All right, all right, here it is." I gave it to him. And then they turned around and just dumped it in the uh, return slot. I would have followed you to your car here. <laughs> and I would have done something. That would have been actionable. It would have been bad. It was, so uh, it was, uh... I feel for that guy. Or guy or gal. Whoever was working at the library. Uh, they had a lot of self-constraint. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. For, for not ending me right then and there. Yes. Wow. That's a good thing that you don't work with the public. That's all I gotta say. You got some well, anger yeah, issues, I, buddy. Yeah, I know, but that's why I have a platform that I can get them out. Right, get it off your chest. Yeah, good. Exactly. Good. Yeah, you yep. def- don't don't work with the public. Don't work with children. God forbid. I would never. I would never dream of something like that, Jared. Yeah. I just do this with you. This is right. how I make income. Yeah, this is this is how you're uh, living that lifestyle over there for that like, new IKEA couch and stuff. Yeah, I mean it's not much, but uh, it's something. Mm-hmm. Something. So that being said, uh, I'm bummed to say that I was not able to get a hold of the the, the sequel short uh, to Hoop Dreams to discuss tonight. Very sad. So don't buy the old version. Make sure you get the I guess at least the Blu-ray. Even though watching a movie essentially shot on tape, <laughs> I don't know if uh, Blu-ray is going to be the best uh, way of watching this in any way because I don't know if it'll increase those pixels. Yeah, I mean if you're like me. You won't care what yeah. it, whatever it's on. Exactly. I could watch it on a, a flip book and it'd be the mm-hmm. same experience yeah. for me. Watch, watch, your, watch one of those YouTube thumbnails. Same difference. I'll just like, honestly, I could read it off at the back of a carton of milk and it, I'd get the same experience as a movie. Whatever. Right. You are. It's the right same thing, Jared. What, what did you know about Hoop Dreams before this week? Uh, Quite a bit, actually. Way more than I usually do. Interesting. Well, I mean... That's overselling things. I knew I knew what Hoop Dreams was. I had actually wanted to watch this a few years ago uh, before we even potted. And then uh, I knew it was a criterion. And then I think I fell in the same boat where I like I couldn't find it and I couldn't buy it anywhere. And I was like, oh, I was like, I'll find it eventually. It's like, I'm sure it'll be on something one day. Uh, and then it never was. And then we started the podcast. But um, I didn't know what I, I knew what. Uh, what it was I knew the people involved in it and I knew the acclaim or like the reception behind it like I didn't know specifically the Ebert or Siskel Ebert stuff but uh, I knew that it was like what I had heard of it was it was the documentary of the 90s that people were sleeping on and it needed more attention so yeah there was a I think that kind of stuff back when this movie did not get nominated for best documentary by the Oscars. I think there was some quote about like Gieber just saying like, he's like lost faith in humanity. Like it made no sense to him at all. Cause he was hearing that uh, people in the Academy tried watching it. And then like 15 minutes in, they just were like, Oh, I'm bored. <laughs> and then it's like, wow. Okay. Yeah. He was not thrilled with that. Um, but yeah, wasn't I, there something about like, like the flashlight things. That sounds fucking nuts. It's like, how is that allowed at a movie? Pr- like in movie theaters, even like screenings of things. Did you see that thing too? 
No. Something like during screenings, if people don't like the movie, they flick on a flashlight and shine it at the screen. Right. And then it was like, if enough flashlights are on the screen, they just turn the movie off. And Hoop Dreams only made it 20 minutes in before Oof. it was filled with flashlights. But I was kind of just like, it's like, what, how... I was like, just take a huge hot shit on cinema and filmmaking to like just be flicking flashlights on at like the screening. Yeah. That's... Like for all these critic people. And it's just like, fuck you. Like, get out of here. <laughs> just leave if you don't like it. You know, uh, why ruin it for other people? I guess the other thing I'll mention is uh, with, with Steve James. Yeah. He's the guy who directed the Life Itself documentary on Roger, on Roger Ebert. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. So they, yeah, they, 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 they must have been buds, hey? Like after? I, yes. Oh, yeah. I think, well, I mean, yeah. the, I'm not sure what the, like, Chicago film scene is like. Because um, it seems like the, the, there is, like, quite a community between the, the critics that are there and the filmmakers. Because I, I get the sense that uh, Ryan Johnson is from Chicago, maybe? Because it seems like he's friends with, like, mm-hmm. all those AV club people, like Mike D'Angelo and Scott Tobias and stuff like that. Because they always talk very fondly of everything he does. Um, and you're like, wow, they're friends and they're promoting someone. He's like, oh, he's hopefully his, uh, his Star Wars movie makes it. <laughs> but did anyway. it? Did, uh, did, did The Last Jedi, did it change Star Wars forever? It kind of did. It did? I think it did. I think it Terrific. did. Terrific. I think it did change Star Wars uh, for good or bad. Terrific. Outstanding. So, anyway, so let's talk about Hoop Dreams. So, so this movie opens up, it's Chicago. It's the, it, it feels like it's the early nineties, late eighties. And it's like, huh, why do people care about basketball in the city so much, RJ? Man, they seem to be like, very, uh, it's a way like, out, Jarrett. Well, it's that, but I, I, think there's, I, I guess there's this team playing at the moment. Uh, the Chicago the Bulls. Bulls, the Bulls, the Bulls, uh, and who might, are kind of a big deal at that point in time. I don't know. I've never heard of them, so they yeah. can't be that good. Yes. Uh, it may or may not have one of the most famous athletes in history. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, you could watch The Last Dance, uh, which would be a good maybe follow-up in some ways to this. I don't know. Just for another another sports documentary package you could watch to be like, oh, yeah, people really cared about basketball, I guess, in Chicago. But they care about sports everywhere. But they're, they're a, yeah. a, a phenom. And this was like ground zero for that but they don't really hope they don't really focus in on that whatsoever there's not a lot of time really like you see posters you see merchandise mm-hmm. uh, it's all mm-hmm. around but it's not like hey let's talk about michael hey what, what does michael jordan mean to you kids there's none of that uh well i mean there's there is the one not... gu- there's the one guy oh it's his name they bring because he's he's a former player from saint joe yeah Oh, uh, fuck. Who was it? Come on. Was I thought you know about sports, RJ. This is this is your I, time to I shine. Did. I did. I completely forgot who it was. I knew who it was when he was on there. Oh, holy shit. Who were they talking about? I mean, there's also the mention of uh, Michael Jordan's son in uh, Hoop Reality. Oof. Which oh, is uh, something else. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, I, we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Let me see. I can't. I honestly, I can't remember now. Uh, like they talk about him every five seconds in this. They're like, well, you know, when he went through here, 
Okay, I'll I'll find I'll find out who it is. Okay, thanks. You you give me a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. So uh I my my second note here is more films in the Criterion collection should have a rap inflected song where the title is spoken is and used. Uh I mean uh, Hoop Dreams. Yeah. Like that mm-hmm. that song. You hoop know dreams. Yeah. Like something like Bird of Dreams. <laughs> bird in your dreams uh yeah that would have been amazing uh and by the way the the player was isaiah thomas isaiah thomas so, uh, there you go i really i really beefed that one uh because yes he uh He's... he was a very uh successful tom well, they call him like tom He's tom IT. well i i mean i think some people call him it yeah but uh yeah isaiah isaiah thomas and like even here i just First, I, I had IT down on my paper, but I didn't look at it for a second, and I was like, "Who the fuck are we talking about?" But yes. No. So my my, my next um, cultural landmark in this is uh, we get a Kabiri Green. So I'm mm-hmm. like, "Oh shit, it's Candyman!" Candyman showed up in this. Thing? Well, he, like, he could have, because that's when they uh, like Tony Todd. Yes, you don't you don't you don't remember that is like one of the that's like the Kabiri Green is where. Candyman happens. Well, I didn't remember the location. Oh, I could see yeah, when they showed it on the screen. I was like, "Oh, hey, I know." Well, that. I only watched, I only watched Candyman once several years ago, so oh. it's not, not I... as deep burned in as it should be. Maybe. Well, that's on you. It is. Yeah. But I, I'm willing to accept that. Yes. Uh, and so at this point, we are introduced to William Gates, the older of these two. Uh, young men and mm-hmm. Arthur Ag, who is uh, the young, yeah the younger one, and we're going to get kind of parallels of these two's experiences going through the system of being children who are who have potential to become uh, you know professional level uh, basketball players something, and yeah. part of the thing is everyone knows that this is a kind of a market there's a market on display here and i feel like this documentary does not do enough to really like disassemble and look at this idea of high school scouts (laughs) of of the weirdness of having grown men (laughs) i have a direct quote for you oh which one because there's 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 the ones later in the game when they're like at princeton and they're all doing the tryout there, and there's like, it all, been and, there. and there's a whole bunch of them. But we'll get there because I'm pretty sure it's the same one. Because the first guy we meet is Earl Smith. Uh, yeah. He's the easy listening insurance exec. Like he's listening to some R and B in his in his uh, four, like four door sedan. Um, this is a this man's got hungry man eyes, and uh, hungry eyes. Oh yeah, he's checking out shirtless boys. He's looking for talent. Uh, prowling around the inner city with a cam- mm-hmm. with a cameraman who's like mm-hmm. get into my car and then the kid gets into the car and they're like yeah yeah kid you'll get into the majors one day uh, but you gotta do something for me like it is like whoa 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 <laughs> what's going on here this is normal because it's all about sports everyone's like we know what you're about you're gonna you're gonna go places nothing nothing weird happens in sports RJ you know that especially in Canada. And with hockey, with hockey teams, with young men, nothing has ever bad happened to them. 
by it's not just uh canada and uh, hockey i uh i encourage you to go watch uh, the joe paterno movie mm-hmm. starring uh, al pacino Jarrett. yeah i know you're an al pacino guy so that's one way to get you back in the sports right that's right Ooh-ah. that's right um did, get, you, did I, you hear that i i, I yes good <laughs> very good uh we find out uh, William has a older brother who mm-hmm. his he was like the first failure, I guess, in terms of like he got to a level, he got mm-hmm. to a point, and then it was all downhill from here. And now he's stocking shelves in a warehouse. Well, Ooh, yeah, but, but, so but he, like, he's he's like positive about it though. He's kind of just like you've got to be, you got to be positive yeah. about it. You got to talk about Jesus. You got, you got to think. You got to put yourself. Well, in. He's got all of our backs, Jared. He's got all of our backs. That's right. Don't forget about that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you have, yeah, take you, have care. So you have Curtis Gates, and so you kind of like have his commentary throughout this and mm-hmm. what's going on with that. Um, yeah, these these uh, talent dudes, these scouts, man, they're they're what I really remembered about this because this reminds me of the documentary Chicken Hawk, which uh, I strongly recommend people check out. I think it might still be on YouTube. Uh, dark stuff, yeah. very dark. But anyway, uh, yeah, you, you get to go for a drive. I guess it's a break from your life um, in these like projects and uh, inner city living. You get to go for a drive through a nice little neighborhood that looks a whole lot like parts of Creepsville. I noted. Which parts? Uh, South side. South side explicitly. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the nice area, you know, and you're like, Oh wow. It's like beautiful. And you're like, huh? Uh, Just looks like that's a town, but uh, really yeah, interesting. Mm hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, so we get kind of a breakdown of Arthur by the coach at St. Joseph's, this very mm-hmm. fine Catholic school that, you know, on your path to great success, you got to, you got to put your time in, you got to, and you got to apply your trade, which is playing basketball for mm-hmm. schools. And they're like, we, we want the best. We want you. you and, um, uh, this coach is looking at Arthur and he's like, yeah, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to be real good. But very quickly, this, this coach has decided, you know, you, you need like four things. He refers to as a, a, the combo. You got to have personality. You got to have confidence. You got to have talent. You got to have intelligence. And he just doesn't feel like Arthur's got quite that package, but he is very confident in, in old William Gates. Yep. Well, he's uh, allegedly the, the real deal. He's the real the deal. whole package. Yeah, he's he's the next uh, IT. Um, well, I mean, there's only one IT, Jared. You could be a JD, but that's about it. How, how about a, a Lawrence Taylor? Uh, I know a Joey Lawrence. Okay. I know a Lawrence Krysak. Are, are those the same? Uh, yeah. Is that the same kind of thing? Maybe. Kind of. But mm-hmm. uh, so, the, kind of the other shoe drops, and with this whole arrangement, when Arthur's going to school, things are looking up. It's it's a better school. Get to play ball at a better school. But money money hand gesture time. Tuition. Oh boy, you come play our school, but uh, fuck you, pay me. It seems to be the attitude. And uh, well. If you if if he was playing well, it wouldn't have been an issue. Well, it but. wouldn't if he lived up to our expectations. 
But in mm-hmm. the meantime, you owe us $1,800. What's that? You can't pay? That's too bad. Back on the bus, buddy. Well, then you get that nice shot of the coach says, well, listen, I want to keep him here, but you know, it's not up to me. It's up to the money in the school. And then he takes a sip of soda and then all is washed away. So the first half hour of this is pretty well the arc of Arthur going to St. Joseph's and then not going to St. Joseph's. And then, then William continues on with his career. And they kind of, these two paths kind of just, part um do they really cross paths throughout the rest of this documentary do you recall william and arthur yeah i don't think they meet at all do they no like there's no, no. point like yeah so it's just like these are two parallel stories like it's varsity and junior for yeah the yeah yeah they're not so yeah they're, they don't there's, there's an age difference but yeah like yeah. it is a curious thing that uh how this documentary was being made it's just shooting mm-hmm. like the access and the like the the focus and bringing it all together because there's like this big there's like huge chunks of their lives that are missed because it's not like Steve James is like living there he like comes in and out he he shoots stuff as it goes he keeps in touch um, and then he oh hey in the meantime you know um, like Arthur's dad who's like there kind mm-hmm. of falls by the wayside and be kind of either begins or falls back into a drug addiction and we get to see that scene and that's some some grimness um grim in what way uh getting to see your dad rolling walking around as you're like hanging out with your friends he comes by to say hi he plays a little b-ball with you and he goes see you later and then he walks like you know 100 feet away and goes and buys drugs to go get high with because he left your mom I, in that kind of grim way. Well, I think the thing, Jared, that you got to realize is uh, life is tough. It is, t- is tough. it is tougher for some. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, these big, dense cities in the States, like, uh, it's hard to do stuff, man. Hard to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, sometimes you wonder about the system itself. Because well, and, I mean, and, that's not what this movie is. And, and I do believe, it? and I do believe there is a quote that says, "Doesn't seem fair, but that's the system." That, that yeah, is, exactly. That, that, that is a quote. Uh, maybe you should cha- maybe you should break the system, Jared. Do you remember break the wheel? Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should do that. Yeah, uh, there is a one point where I, someone does describe William who is kind of the, he's got that combo that was talked about, that he is a thoroughbred of a player. And you go, that's an interesting choice of words. To describe a human? Yeah. like It's like you're almost describing livestock. Uh, well, it's almost like describing a commodity, Jarrett. This, this is something you, you, that will getting a further pro- myself. Getting a product to market? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if people ask me about you, I'd be like, well doesn't have a long shelf life it's not gonna do the same as the name brands mm-hmm. but if you have nothing else it'll work well enough i guess no Be- beautiful not quite he's a bit of a mutt i would say no bum ticker a little bum ticker so uh william though things are going swell he's on the rise but what the fuck it's it's got a knee injury in high school 
Uh, well, yeah, man. A lot of, I, I, I played uh, ball with guys who uh, had injuries, and then that's it. That's all she wrote. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not a good way to kick things off. Well, when you're 17 in the prime of your life and uh, you have an injury that will affect your body forever. When your entire like future plan is predicated on your body and your ability to move. <laughs> yeah. hey, it's that's that's the system, man. That's if it system. wasn't his body, it would be his brain. If he couldn't do his brain job, <laughs> his brain job. If he couldn't do his brain job, he'd be out. <laughs> brain job. Good. It's good. He yeah. he done good think now. He done good <laughs> think good now. Thing. Leave forever. Thanks, Homer. <laughs> yes. Uh yeah. So uh, we get like we get we go through like this dark patch, I guess, of this uh, documentary with everybody, mm-hmm. with William and Arthur, hearing about just you know the misery of existence. Uh, Arthur's mom, who's like, yeah, my, my husband left me. Uh, he's taken off. Mm-hmm. I'm on welfare. My power is getting cut off. And yeah, images that have actually stuck in my mind that I didn't realize were still there was her like wandering through this weird house. It's like it looks like a giant place with this like huge fireplace and stuff like that. But like, mm-hmm. there's like, oh, there's no power there. It, they just they turned it off because she was late for a meeting, and she's like walking through with this lamp that's being powered off of like a bunch of extension cords to maybe next door. And her just like walking through with this giant, like, you know, lamp that does not belong. It's just, but it's like, mm-hmm. that's what you've got. And that's what you're using. And then my note was hoop nightmares. Am I right? In what sense? This sucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's about the system, Jer. It's, it's not a, just the hoop system system. It's, it's what happens between the hoops, Jared. Oh, right, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh, but then we like at some point we get this hard jump to fucking knee surgery. God damn it! I oh I don't like I don't like tubes sticking out of flesh like that. And you're just like, all right, Carter, it's time to get my knee surgery done, and just and Williams there and just. Getting in there, oh, I don't, I don't want these. I don't want surgery. I don't want, I don't want to see it. So, are you saying that if you have a uh, like a debilitating, debilitating injury, you would opt out of surgery just because of I the ickiness of I, it? I will be asleep. I will be out. I don't want to oh. be near it. But the idea you don't it, want to watch surgery. No, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> you, you know what? This isn't even just like a hoop dreams thing. There's so many movies that just rough, hard cut to like surgery clips that it's just like, like I've had that before too. Watching something and it's just like, well, anyways, we sucked all of the fat and the the huge like the like whatever this mass was inside this guy's colon. It was 80 pounds. It was enormous, but we got it out of there. And then you go, uh. No. You're like I thought this was a Disney thing on uh on uh the environment, but okay. No. Anyways, I it's happened to me too. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Um. So he gets his surgery, and the doctors are kind of like, "Well, you know, I think you're all you're you're going to make a recovery." Yeah, I think I think so. And you're like, "Huh? Yeah, this is what doctors do. They tell you, oh yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're going to walk again, but uh, we'll let your leg heal up. We don't want to have to put you down, boy." <laughs> You're a good, yep. you're, you're, you're a good horse. So we don't want to do anything about that now, do we get you back on your feet, get you back on your feet, back on the court. That's your, I know, so, well, but I mean, that's what he wants though. That's the, that's the only thing he, that's all, that's his entire future. And he's got these, these pesky marks he has to worry about where he has to meet mm-hmm. the minimum requirement 
of whatever it is. Two, is it 2.0? Or 18 out of 40 or something like that? Oh, for the t- the entry-level exam? Yeah, or for the ACT or something like that? Yeah, but the, the thing that really stood out to me was the uh, quote-unquote the cumulative score. Oh, yeah. And he takes the test seven times, and she's like, mm-hmm. We have that here, too. We're we have going, entry level well, exams to like college universities that you can take as many times as you want. As long as you got that $300 to take the exam, no big deal. You well, take it a hundred times, whatever. Well, I mean, spoilers at the end, uh, Curtis, uh, uh, William gets there and, uh, I believe it's what? like, well, he got to 17.5 that gets rounded up to 18. Yes. <laughs> And you, well, and they say the cumulative. So it's just yeah. like, what does that mean? It's like you take the average of like four different tests to make it up I, there. I don't think that's what that means. I don't think. I think they were using no? words very questionably. For instance, like when he, he's whatever it is, he's still not making it after five tests. And then they take him mm-hmm. to something called the Britannica Learning Center, where we have one insightful uh, woman there who's telling you such tips for taking tests is you know if a monkey was writing this interesting selection of animal that you're uh, picking there my friend sure um she's like couldn't have been a horse couldn't have been a horse could have been anything you know a monkey Mm -hmm. um you know if they picked b and c on a multiple choice test they would most likely get a score better than if they chose a or d and you go is that is that what counts as uh tutoring (laughs) is this is how you can juke the stats on your test because more often than not, statistically speaking, on a multiple choice test, B and C will be the answer more often than A and D. So we recommend this, and this is what we're going to get paid to do here at the Britannica Learning Center. I mean, that's one moment taken out of many, perhaps an hour-long conversation. But th- that is not great advice. I mean, I, mean I, I think a lot of the advice in this thing is not great. Not not just as a whole. Yeah. But what great. now at some point we get we come back to Arthur and it looks like uh Arthur's living arrangements at home have changed. I believe I think it's Arthur. Uh but there's yes. somewhere there's a prem and mustard sandwich. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is prem? Uh it's like canned ham. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like it could have been yeah. spam. it could have been spam. Uh, Prem we... is a brand of canned meat similar mm-hmm. to Spam. Yeah. Uh, in Canada, yes. Prem continues to be sold. Apparently, it's not sold in the States anymore, but uh, we <laughs> still have it up here. Is that kind of like AstraZeneca? It, yeah, it's nowhere else, but uh, well, it's not here either well, for that matter yeah, we're anymore. All, we're all out. We're all out, man. It's all, it's all in your arm. So a lot of questions on whether or not premise still being made but uh, it seems like maple leaf which uh, we have here in creepsville uh like the slaughterhouse uh, apparently maple leaf uh, is still making prem so if you want some prem you call the creeps uh make a donation to our patreon let's mm-hmm. say like a 100 bucks i'll send you a can of prem a, f- a fine can of prem sure um yeah that sandwich uh yep you gotta do what you gotta do right i think yeah, i guess i guess um, and then I have a note here, double fisting mushrooms. Is that the Pizza Hut scene? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure what double fisting mushrooms means anymore. That I I I, uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. But the Pizza Hut scene, man, they really skirted over that. I think uh, I wish I think they should have put a little more time to that. I, I, 
see, I think that maybe it's not the Pizza Hut scene yet because at this point we have not been introduced to uh, uh, the friend Shannon Johnson. Because that's like because that's no, when they, he comes a little later. Yeah, he comes. Well, that's this is he comes next. That's the next notice, Shannon Johnson, because that's uh, Buddy, um, mm-hmm. who who's working with at Pizza Hut with. Uh oh yeah yeah right. yeah yeah it's it's a little bit oh, yeah. after it's yeah, not yeah. too long, yeah so but... much double fisting mushrooms I have no idea what you're talking no, about no dude. clue no clue all right no uh, idea yeah so this is just about looking for that magic ticket out of this this world right RJ for mushrooms or basketball just just, just this film he's <laughs> just I, I, I mean I have I have some insight on uh, globalism. In, in terms of this film, but uh, I'll wait for my moment. Uh, I, I have a question here. Hey, RJ, do you think the American justice system is working? Depends on how you mean it, man. Like, well, I mean, it depends on what its goal is. But, you know, when you start hearing this, like, the laundry list of, like, incarcerations and, like, what people are being sent away to jail for, and you go, that seems a bit much when you think about the equivalent crime committed by you know a, an individual who looks different might be not as not as harsh maybe perhaps uh because we're coming up to the point uh yeah. in the t- in the timeline of America where uh, Bill Clinton uh is going to be uh president very soon and he's going to be increasing sentencing uh that disproportionately target and impact the lives of uh African Americans so that's that's and, and, that, and that's on the horizon. This is like this is still like that. This is the George Bush senior era, and before that you had the Reagan era. Um, <laughs> so it's like, oh, this is all just coming still, and you just hear about it's like, oh, yeah, this 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 crime was committed, and this was the number of years you get and stuff like that. And you're like, huh, this doesn't seem to be solving anything, is it? Well, I mean, I think that's a. Uh... Not just uh, with the Reagan and the Bush and uh, those boys. Uh, I think it's an ongoing issue. Here. Oh yeah, but this is like peak begin. Like, yes, it, it really. No, I, I know. It's uh, if you go back to like it's like the war on drugs sort of uh, initiative because Nixon kicked that off, but it didn't really get going until Reagan, and then incarceration just ramped right up. Is that also uh, when uh, more private privatization of prison systems was uh, opened up? <laughs> what? Oh. Oh what? Anyway, oh, did you not hear that system of a down song? Oh, Were they? We can watch that uh, that documentary, The Thirteenth. No, that'll, that'll, that'll get you all caught up. I don't need a documentary. I just know a that song. one song. We're uh, talking about uh, the American prison system. Have you ever, um, RJ? Have you ever had a baby between frames, like in your life? Like you're just kind of like, oh shit, yeah, I have a baby now. Well, things have happened off-panel. Yeah, off-panel sure. off baby. Well, now, so William's yeah. got an off-panel baby. Well, yeah, he he gets one. But, I mean, he actually, he does explain it, too. He's just like, listen, yeah, I didn't know what was going to happen if I yeah. told him I had a baby. Yep. So uh, I waited, and he's like, but then he's like, we're about three, four months in now, and I, I can't just hide it anymore. So I got to tell him I got a kid. And it's like, I, I feel you, Will. Mm. I feel you. No. Yeah, so uh baby, high school baby. Yeah, it's high a, school baby. It's, it's just like another it it's like it's like adding an extra level on the difficulty mode, I think. Yes. 
Yeah. 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 Hey, I, uh, I know quite a few people who had babies in high school and, uh, they got through, but you know what? It was tough shit. Yep. It was hard, man. No. So, uh, I mean, it's not recommended. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you can't, if you can avoid it, it would, it would maybe make your high school career at least a little easier. I don't know. Yeah. Potentially. Um, so then we get the scene at the Britannica Learning Center, which I already talked about. Oh, um, I have no idea. I've never seen so many climactic non-baskets in a sports movie before. It's almost like basketball is sort of difficult. So, like, there's this, like, thing, like, mm-hmm. throughout this, like, because we're getting game footage of these games playing. And there's a lot of disappointment, too, because it's like, oh, this is the game. This is the game. And then they lose. And you're like, oh. And you get to see, like, the 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 look of people, like, kind of going, being just flattened out. Defeat. They're, yeah, they're just like, oh, Oh, and then like, oh, here's the big moment. There's this game. Oh, it didn't work out. And then you're, you're like, here's a big thing. Oh, Williams got the ball and nothing happens. Like it just goes out and you go, shit. Actually, that's the one thing I didn't make a note of for some reason. So there's like right at the beginning of this, there's kind of like just like a montage of like sh- showing uh, guys playing basketball. I'm not sure if it's William or Arthur, um, but he like goes like dunk the ball and then like the ball goes through the hoop and goes right into his face. And I was like, that's why they put nets on. <laughs> mm-hmm. so like, what does the, well, net, yeah, well, the like, net, what does the net do? And then I'm like, it catches oh, the ball, Jared. It, yes. So it doesn't like when you put it through the hoop, it just doesn't bounce. Like I guess now I was like, oh yeah, that'd be a good thing. Cause otherwise you go and it's going to smack you right in the face. Or if it doesn't, it would just go straight through, bounce, and go all over the place. Yeah. You, you need to catch it. So it, it slows the momentum. Yeah, it slows the yes. yes. Yeah, it all makes sense. It all yes. makes sense. But um, so, yeah, nets are, they have a purpose. Yeah, did, so you did not realize that before? I never thought about it. And, like, it crossed my mind, I think, again. And I was like, huh. And then it's like, that makes total sense. Yeah. Well, if you had asked me, I would have been happy to tell you. I mean, I was on my grade nine basketball team, Jared. And I'm happy to report that, uh, yes, <laughs> yes, I did make the first three-pointer of the year. And, uh, yes, nobody thought it was coming. But uh, it was all me, man. Mm-hmm. It was all me. And Did, uh, did you get those 37-point uh, games? No, I think my high-point game was four. Oh, I hey. think I got four or six, potentially. So in but the... I, I was a defense man. Yeah, I was like Matumbo. I was only, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't on the starting line. I was thrown in when we, uh, when we had a lead and we needed to keep the points down because I was big. I couldn't dribble real well, but I could take up space. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah, like, ah. you're, you're a wall. But, uh, the reason I brought it up was because uh, at my home net, which we played frequently, uh, I had a chain mesh net. And that was pretty cool, man. Because uh-huh. you'd, you'd hit that bucket and just, shing, it would make that sound and you go, oh, baby. So in the, uh, I also, this week, I watched uh, the um, ESPN 30 for 30 that Steve James directed, no crossover, <laughs> the trial of Alan Iverson. And uh, oh, yeah. there's a bit where uh, Steve James uh, played basketball. That's what's one of the things that like attracted him to the subject matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think if he played basketball and he had like an 11 point average or something like that, which is pretty good. But, you know, the, the guys that are going to the NBA, they're in the 30s. So it's like there's a there's a golf. And even though it's like at 11, mm-hmm. it's like, well, damn. And I mean, you were saying you had like four. <laughs> so it's like, oh, yeah. It, it, and it goes down to. Jarrett at zero. Yeah, it's. I mean, basketball is tough. I mean, like my uh, 
my good buddy, he was like, I wouldn't say he was like the best on the team, but he was definitely like one of the most athletic guys. And I think he averaged probably like 15 or 20 points a game. Well, so what always pisses me off a little bit in my life is because I'm tall, RJ, people go, well, you should yes. play basketball. You have, you should play basketball. You should do That's things. Not it's not, it's, no, it's like, you have to have interest for one <laughs> that that i think is probably the most important because having someone who doesn't give a shit there it's not going to go well for anything mm-hmm. you should get interested in it. i'm like well if i was i would be playing so thanks for the thanks yeah. for the tip i saw a uh a, a guy the other day and it was like when our weather was still real bad and he was wearing shorts and i was like pretty cold out there for shorts and he's like, you're like the ninth person who's told me, man. I get it. So I, I think it's the same idea with you see a tall person and say, hey, how's the weather up there? You should play basketball. And then you go, no, please don't. Leave me alone. Like, Stop it. Stop yeah, it. Yeah, I mean. Stop, stop it. it. I don't get that, but I do get the, a lot of, man, you're pretty hairy and sweaty. And I go, <laughs> I know. There's nothing I can channel that into so it's a little bit different uh that's just you should it's like you should go work you know. i don't know you should work in a meat plant i wouldn't want to i'd work in a bean plant Ooh. if we just had beans and i could sweat into those bad boys right yeah you don't want to hack up animals no that's not my preferred choice okay i've uh I would like to do something else. Speaking of grotesqueries, ah, knee injury. Oh, God, surgery. What is that? And there was, like, a big lump of, like, meniscus or something like that. I guess it's, like, pulled out. And you're just like, what the fuck? Stop it. Stop hurting yourself. And what do you do from that? I don't know. From um, there. I, I, my next note was making it to state. Because my my that's all that matters. My concept of making it to state is now king of the hill, and yes. that that is something that you want to impress your your parents with. Is making it to state is like the most the greatest accomplishment you could do, right there. Uh I mean, yeah. If you don't make it to state, you're what are you even? Why are you even here? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Have you haven't you seen Friday Night Lights? <sighs> nope. Do you not understand oh, male bonding? I have seen the movie. Left, yeah. It left a lot to be desired. But you haven't seen the five-season t- television series? Can't say as I have. Well, get out. Go. Um, I'll start speeding up here a little bit. Okay, so we get that. Okay. Making the state. Oh, yeah, we get uh, so Arthur's dad, crack cocaine, jail, find Jesus. Goddamn. Goddamn. So he's back, baby. He's all cleaned up. We're going to church. Well, yeah, you got to go there. Yeah. Where else are you going to go? Uh, there's a scene where someone's they're walking along in this part of town, and they walk by Midline Pest Control, and, and proudly in the window has a sign that says, Do it yourself. It's like, so I guess they sell, <laughs> Which I appreciate they, they sell kits. <laughs> to do it yourself? Yeah. Well, if you're not going to do it yourself, who will? Oh, my next bit here, oh, fuck. The bit where it's like, well, we can't release this student's transcripts because they still owe us money. And my daughter is, get fucked, America. They, they're, they're, so I believe this is, man, William? Or, or fuck, it's, it's sometimes blurs. It's, and I usually, don't... I think William gets the harder, uh, 
the harder well, rub on this one, I think. I think so. No. Fuck. I think it I might be Arthur because he because no, no, it is Arthur. It is Arthur because for, no, it for is what's 100, 100, yeah, it's, okay, it's 100% Arthur because he's the one who doesn't go to St. Joseph's and yeah. uh, the, the parents have to come back. And this is why like, they're like, you know, the dad just got back out of like, you know, being like strung out. And it's like, oh, hey, we yeah, we want to release your transcript so you can like apply for this other thing for school. Right. And they're like, yeah, we uh, well, you're now you're talking to like the, the coach or like to the accounting guy and they're just yeah. like yeah you know we'll uh, we'll we'll make a deal with you 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 sign an agreement that you will pay this loan this $1800 for your child's marks Transcript. for your transcripts cuz we're holding your credits ransom until you pay that because if you take that well we don't get paid at all and uh, that's what's only thing that's important here because it didn't work out when you came to our school to play basketball for us because this is a business but it didn't work out that great but uh we're still going to hold on to those marks till we get that money which is it's this is deranged i think that's illegal no um well it's on camera i guess if it's a private academy they yep. might try to so but they, still like i'm that sure that, should be but illegal. i'm sure like if you owe to, I mean, if you owe tuition at a university, you can't graduate. To me, though, I'm like, uh, yeah. So, but this is like, this is like a child. <laughs> this is a kid. Who's but like, it, it's like not even graduating. It's just like the transcripts to their record, right? Yeah. Or, or it's just or like credits, so you can like progress through your life. Otherwise, you have to like go back and do it. You have to get, yeah. you have to get proof of the thing that you did there. And you're trying yeah. to get access to it. It's yeah. This is so yeah. I, I can see how they how they snuck that in like in a so it was legal sense, but at the same time, it's like yeah, like you said, this is like a 15 year old kid. Yes, just let him be alive, you guys. But like, but we got to make your life a little bit harder still. Well, yeah, because he didn't perform what they wanted him to. And I believe it's like, and then, and then you have that the exchange where you guys like, you know, things happen. And, you know, he's like, yeah, I understand family. And you're like, holy shit, this guy knows he's on camera. And this is the way he's talking about. And then he also uh, says, we try and help people. We're, we're... <laughs> it's like, you do, that's huh? How that, that's but, how that works, But you right? know what just apparently happened, like, I think this year, is that school closed, like, just recently, that St. Joseph's? St. Joseph's? Yeah. yeah. I think they had just well, happened. Looks like Marshall was the place to go because Arthur Agee went there and there then – uh, what's his uh, what's his face? Who actually is in the NBA now? Which you pointed out yeah. after he went to uh, Europe yes, for a while. the uh, uh, Marshall the, seems like the place to be. Yes, the Hoop Reality documentary, <laughs> starring yeah. um, uh, it, uh, it's Arthur adjacent, but it's just about uh, Patrick Beverly. Yes, Patrick Beverly. Yes, and so he went. Uh, yeah, he, for the, he went for to the, Marshall um, for the command with the commandos. The commandos, baby, and uh, it's a big thing now. It's one of the uh, bigger in- inner city like basketball schools, I think, is what they pointed out. And, and there's like that big rivalry with the other one and something like that. How, like inside the city, they're like the biggest public schools or something like that. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I think there's a there's kind of like a throwaway bit that I feel is like, man, this is some low key subtle stuff, but. Uh, the these these guys get sent to go pick up uh sports memorabilia uh like jackets or shirts or clothes and they're like yeah the uh the drug dealers give us money to go pick them stuff up and then they say like and they're basically saying oh you pick something up for yourself too so it's like well yeah it's like keep the change right they're 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 getting more financial support from drug dealers 
than they are well, from the schools, like the, the system. Because, like, I don't know, America's a strange thing. I don't know much about how their, like, education system works, but I know there's a whole thing about, like, uh, wait, like not waivers, but, like, you get, like, how, how funding works there is very strange. Yeah, I mean, schools in general, funding is based on, like, school size, like, population, but then also, like, uh, not necessarily well, grades, vouch- but like graduation vouchers. rates, yeah. and then like yeah, there there's a whole bunch of like weird shit that goes on down there. Yeah, yeah, but like I mean, drug dealers aren't great either because you no, know, they're that, not. It kills people, but uh, hey, at least these guys supported local. Well, one day they're like, hey, buddy, you might come work for me one of these days. I'm a good guy. I need you to sling for me, my friend. Yeah. You're right, good. For so the drug, so, so hence the drug dealer uh, becomes like oh. A, a better face to me. He's good for my community, the drug dealer. Well, that, well, you got to lure him in with the honey before you hit him with the vinegar, buddy. No, you know what I mean. Um, oh, and then we get. Uh, we I guess we get to. Uh, is it Princeton? I, I feel like there's a bit where like Dick Vital shows up. Uh, the uh, and he's wearing huge. short it's be great. Sh- short shorts and angry and shouty. He, uh, yeah, he's got some short shorts. Oh, yeah. And, buddy. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, my note of finally, Pizza Hut has entered the Criterion Collection. I was, couldn't be happier. Yeah. As I said before, too, I, the, my only, my only thing is I wish they had given more attention to it. They should have given it more time. Let it breathe a little bit. Show them at the buffet. Do they have a soft serve? If so, did they have nerds as a topping? Like, people mm-hmm. want to know. Yeah. People want to know. But it goes by in a flash. But I'm happy it was here at all. I guess I should say. Um, I, another note here is a wild Spike Lee appears. Yeah. like, And they really just kind of pass over it, too, where it's like, where it's just like out of nowhere, the title comes up, Spike Lee Director. And uh, he kind of he's hitting him with the fact he's like you're not a person to them he's like you're just here to play basketball you're you're a body this is about you're a body this is about money it's about money and then it just and then it just turns into the next scene it's like a minute long and then you go wait a minute bring Spike back I want to yeah. hear more about what he has well because because well, so this is an event that's also sponsored by Nike. So, that, oh. so they're bringing Spike Lee in, and it's like kind of interesting because yeah. you know Spike Lee is going to speak. Uh, he's going to speak to the truth of this stuff. Yeah, I'll see what's up. But he's also a guy who likes basketball. <laughs> it's like he's yes, he, he's going to he's going to watch his uh, Knicks. Is he a Knicks guy? He's a Knicks guy. Yeah, hey, he's a Knicks yeah. boy because it's Jack uh, Nicholson who's the uh, he's a the Lakers, Lakers boy. Yeah, Lakers guy, yeah. and he dropped his lasagna oh. or chili all over the floor, right? In, in, in the Onion verse, yeah. In the onion verse, yes, but uh, yeah, Spike Spike's at all the Knicks games, baby. He uh, he's a Knicks guy until, until he gets kicked out too for for well, his for his for his uh, lasagna. Or well, so he he's a little aggressive on the floor. He's he's towing that line. He's got those floor seats. Sometimes he's a little bit too close to the court. Him and Drake, you know, they're a little bit mm-hmm. too close. But uh, yeah, he's doing it. Uh, and at this point, we get the the, the next set of talent scout men who like a mm. gathering of child predators this is who, my can i get you, my you go ahead with yours i've got several you want to get them when they're young <laughs> yep the the meat market it's already become a meat market 
it's serve, already become ser- a meat market. the quote is it's already a meat market serve professional meat serve professional but meat. there's also look at these young men's bodies and all timer i've watched him since 6th grade <laughs> yes now so jared if you ever had a child oh, but wait. you don't you don't currently but if you did and someone was talking to them in this effect What's your what's your other quote? Uh, there's another one. Write them before anyone else writes them. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's another one. Yeah, this is uh, good wholesomeness. There's nothing weird about it whatsoever. How would you like if someone talked to you uh, about you in that sense? Said, I'd yeah, be very. I'd the be, meat's I, getting a little older. But... I'd, I'd, be, I'd be. I'd be very complimented. What if you were eight years old? Um. See, in my mind. I I thought there was like a scene in this of like a scout going after like an eight year old, like a child, like they're going after children. Well, so they they no, they just kind of mention it like um, because there's that one like and his job's really weird. He's like a casual scout. Like yeah. it sounds like it's not actually his job. He just does it volunteering, where he like goes and watches basically the elementary kids to see if any of them are good. And then once they get to like junior high and then into high school, he goes and tells actual scouts. It's like, that guy's pretty good. I, I've been watching him, Yeah, but it's like he, the way he describes his job is really strange. Like, it sounds like, it sounds like he's just doing it to do it. Like, uh, like he's just like, I just like basketball and kids. So I'm just going to watch it. And it's like, that's cool and stuff. But, uh, it's like, is this your job or is this a volunteer based thing? It's a little bit unclear. It's a little unclear. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, Jared. Yeah. These these men. Which men? Aggressive men? <laughs> Very aggressive. They want to get their... They, they got to earn their pay. Well, you got to get it somehow. It's like Jerry Briscoe scouting out there for Vince McMahon. Oof. Is that uh, how they got uh, Bray Wyatt? <laughs> no, no, he got born into the job. His dad's Erwin R. Scheister, after all. Who is Erwin R. Scheister? Is that Yakazumo? Mike, Mike Rotunda. Oh, not Yakazumo? No, no. That's a different family. Um, and then, so we have this, like, really uh, good kind of dichotomy of the St. Joseph bus experience as the team gets on, and you have Shouty Coach. Versus mm-hmm. the public school bus experience where people are playing cards. <laughs> oh, yeah. What did you think of that? Uh, were you on board with that? I, was, I, was, I mean, I, I kind of like, it's a good little juxtaposition, I guess. Of like, But it seems like people, it's one group are having way more fun than the other. But one team is like being like groomed for like the professionalism that like sports demands when you're like when you're traveling you wear the jacket and you have to like i think yeah. it's like a like a hockey players you always see, see this group of like hockey players at like a uh you know an italian restaurant and there's like 20 people and they're all wearing like suit and tie and their jackets like oh there's the hockey players but they're they're, they're, they're after this they're gonna go play soak the biscuit or whatever the fuck they do it <laughs> Ex- excuse me, Jarrett. Could you elaborate on uh, whatever this this thing that you just mentioned? I don't know, you... I, I, RJ. I believe uh, you you being part of the sports world in your yeah. days, you could probably speak to it better than I. Well, uh, I I might shock you here, Jarrett. As a member of multiple different sports clubs, uh, I've I'm not familiar with whatever this this uh, soaking. 
uh, of something. I, I just I don't know. So you might have to elaborate. Uh, well, uh, I played I played sports for <laughs> six years from grade seven to twelve in multiple different sports. And I've never heard of this before. So uh, I'm just going to I'm going to let you take it away. OK, well, we'll let that fester in people's minds. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, hey, what did you think about that one guy from Princeton talking about the blacks? <laughs> He's like, hey, so did you did you talk to the uh, the the other blacks, like the uh, the other leaders, like about how they feel? And you have this kid saying, uh, yeah, yeah, they said it was good. They're like, it seems okay. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, uh, it's, it's a good campus. It makes you feel comfortable, right? <laughs> like, Jesus I... Christ. This is a real good time capsule about how casual they uh, people used to be about just flagrant kind of racism. Aren't you glad I'm not using other words? <laughs> I could call you the other one if you want. And then you go, huh? I beg your pardon? <laughs> you go, excuse me? Yeah, they're, uh, they're pretty open with, uh, hey, these guys are our workhorses. They're mm-hmm. gonna do what we say. We want. We know what we want. You know what we're here for, and we'll throw you a bone, give you an education along the way. And you go if you want it. Yikes! If you want it, we're not gonna give you the tools to navigate that or understand. Yeah. Hey, maybe this way of learning is uh, not gonna work, or maybe sports aren't everything. But that's where the money is. Those NCAA games, where fuck, boy oh boy, there's some money to be made there. I've been to some of those. Well, I mean, think there about, is money to be made oh, there. Yeah, yeah well, you have like hundred thousand people turn out to watch like fucking wrestling. I don't know. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean the uh, and that's and that's wrestling. Yeah, well, yeah, wrestling. The university I went to was we we weren't the biggest or anything like that, but man, we uh we had some big games mm-hmm. and they made a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Oh, yeah, well, those TV rights now on top of it all. Um, that too. So then we kind of like we also get to experience again kind of intermittent bits of like the slog of existence, jobs you take, disappointments, when the bloom comes off because you're like oh I'm not in school right now it's like the summer in between or the break and you're just like yeah I got to do other things I can't just do this school stuff anymore and you're like oh right it's not always going to be school I have to think about the future. Without you also this. have to think about sports, Jerry. You have to think about sports and what happens after sports. What happens if sports don't happen anymore for me? Uh, I did make a note here about library index cards. Remember those? You remember? Did you get an experienced library index cards before they went away? I sure did. I yeah. sure did, my man. I, I think the biggest thrill in those was seeing who, like especially if it was a school library book, seeing who had the book before you. Because you're like, if it was an older kid, you're like, oh, sick. You're like, a cool kid had this because yeah. he was older or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, index cards were cool. Yep, they're not bad. Uh, oh, the depressing junior college scouts, <laughs> second choice, because they're the ones you're like, well, I guess if things don't work out, my first choice, I uh, I could go play for these guys, <laughs> and they're like, well, yeah, you know, we're we're off the beaten path, but uh, you know, we're not too bad, we're pretty good. It's better I, than... I, yeah, I like the one thing he says where he's just like, he's like, yeah, nothing's going to amount from this, but. <laughs> better than doing it like better than not doing it right yep. and then everyone goes yeah okay they're like i guess I really wanted to get there's to nothing else whatever whatever ivy league school or georgetown or whatever but yeah so it's all the gateways with scholarships you know because that's the only way forward 
no, no, one's, no one's got any money for this shit. Not in America. No, no one's going to give you a student loan for this. Come on, man. This is a... Otherwise, the banks will suffer. The poor banks. Think about the yeah. banks. Well, what are they going to do with all that money? Yeah. So th- this is kind of toward, I think, getting toward the end of uh, the documentary. Uh, I have a comment. Sports are weird. Feel bad. Feel good. Lives made. Lives destroyed. And then it's just back to stocking sure. shelves. It's so weird, these highs and lows. You're like, why are people participating in all this? Why are people so impassioned? It's like, I don't know. As a person who's like not a, a sports guy. A sportsman. And you see these crowds of people like losing it in the, the, on, the ben- on the benches. And like, they're just like, this is it. Like, they're so excited. And then like, well, yeah, you can feel good about if you win. And you feel really bad if you lose. And it's like, oh, then these players, they feel like dog shit. Um, they always look very, uh-huh. de- they always look very depressed. And then you get the, always the dead eyed excuses from people who are like trying to like mask the, and explain away their, uh, their, the loss of the team. And they're like, well, you know, they shouldn't have run him. His knee injury is still there. Oh, they, they made a mistake uh-huh. here. Why did they do this? Oh, the wind was blowing the wrong direction. It's just like, ah, sports. <laughs> I mean, there, there's a pretty critical analysis of those things. Like, they can figure it out down to the T, but I, I see what you're saying where it's like, why does it, why is sports, why, why does it, any of it matter? I, I know what you mean. I get why people get sucked into it because I mean, mm-hmm. that's one of the things I feel has happened with uh, politics is this mentality sure. has kind of come over to that. It's about teams rather than like reality and uh, well, what, what these systems do rather than for fun and like entertainment values. It's just like, Oh, it's deranged. <laughs> Well, Jared, I can introduce you to a little a little thing called uh, social psychology Ooh. and uh, tribalism Ooh. and the need Ooh. to want to be part of the tribe or even if that's not the right word, part of the group. You want people and animals want to be part of a group because it makes sense for protection, for survival. Ooh. Sports are a form of this kind of tribalism i believe uh same as uh politics you know jared tell me tell me more dr peterson protection in safety in numbers my man and uh, i think it is the bottom line of that uh but i i do i do know your point and i I can give uh not a counter but uh, just an alternative viewpoint of that uh as a person who did play sports uh you do get caught up in it and uh even though i don't I'm not like I don't watch a ton of sports now. Like uh, if there's something on like I do enjoy it still. And I do think that there is something to admire isn't the right word, but like there is something to respect on of the athleticism there that is performed. But I do think that uh, more more than anything this last year, what it's done is it's made me bitter towards everything that I already wasn't wasn't bitter towards like celebrities and now athletes as well where it's like last year march april may when uh everything was shut down but then nba players were getting tested daily for for covid and it's just like this is where our resources are are going oh yeah it's like i know this is what makes money and what makes the country go but it's just like those stadiums are full again yeah but like you, you know what I mean. Like last year when the stadiums were empty and they were testing the players every single day, mm-hmm. and it's just like how much money is going into this just to keep these sports going, just to be advertised or like 
on TV, Tele- right? Well, television's paying like a lot of money for this stuff. And yeah. uh, that was one of the motivating factors for old uh, for WWE to uh, they did they, they skipped like two weeks, but I think they are contractually obligated to do fifty weeks. So they started go, they had to go live, they had to be live, yeah. and they went to their like little arena, and it was really sad, and the ratings were terrible because no one cares about fake sports most of yep. the time. But like, well, we're live. we got to put out a product, put smiles on faces, goddamn. Uh, but that, that was like the thing is like. This, that's uh, for a massive contingent of people. Sports are a pretty important part of their life and identity. Yep. Um, and I mean, I don't get it. I mean, I know people who are far more anti-sport than me. And like, I don't know if I'd call mm-hmm. myself anti-sport. I'm definitely agnostic <laughs> uh, with when it sure. comes to sports. And I probably know. You acknowledge I, there's something I, I mean, there. I, I love, I really like, I love sports documentaries, for instance. And I can like get behind the stories of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I can appreciate and clearly see like good, like, great players like sometimes it's yep. invisible like if you watch two evenly matched nhl teams it looks like boring shit like it's like this is like nothing interesting to me but you take like sure. you take the worst player from the nhl and you put them on a rink with like a bunch of amateurs that person will be the best person on the ice mm-hmm. most likely um that's the which probably would work and you're like oh you're like holy yep. crap this person's incredible so like at that high level it's not until you certain factors come together or it could be like one of the greatest players on your team and perhaps one of the greatest players of a generation. But if you're on a bum team, you're still, it, it doesn't matter very much. Mm-hmm. It's a lot, a lot of factors, a lot of X factors. And I understand how people become yes. very passionate about sports dumb, but I just like yeah. watch this. I'm like, man, I, I, I feel bad about enough things in my life. I'm watching sports. Like, well, I get that high, but you're like, but it's outside of your control. It's like, it's gambling <laughs> your emotional mm-hmm. mental state. And I'm like, I don't know. Is it worth it? But then again, if you get into this group feel, like you're like other with other people, you're like, ah, oh, good. I feel like I belong. Sure. Yeah. For a, for a brief it's, moment. It's called tribalism, Jerry. <laughs> tribalism. So, um, hey, RJ, yeah. when do as- aspiring athletes stop wearing the merchandise of a pro team? Never. Because that's the one. Well, I know they do. Because they saw like because they wouldn't do that they weren't they aren't going to front yeah. for a team that's not their own but like there's this thing like all these kids they love their sports like it's like Detroit Pistons everywhere mm-hmm. bull stuff everywhere A's hats everywhere and then it's like mm-hmm. well like what what point do you stop like because you have your own team and like you wear your own clothes but that's also a look like th- this is a period of time where like it was the style to wear sports stuff. Even if you weren't yeah. into sports, it was just like yeah, it was cool to wear a have a Raptors winter jacket. Mm-hmm. Real cool. It was cool. We yeah. had one. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. <laughs> so did I. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I. My favorite. My favorite piece of worthless uh, sports memorabilia for a team I've never seen in my life play was uh, whatever it was Notre Dame uh, fighting Notre Irish. Dame? Notre, Notre, yeah, Notre man. Dame. Yeah. Uh, that hat. I was like, I want one because I'm Irish. Hey man, and I had very, a Notre Dame hat too. Very because very difficult to find. Uh, in, in, not back anymore. Then. Not now, but back then yeah. it was like, yeah, you you have to hit a lot of Jersey cities before you found one. I had Notre Dame stuff too, Jared. Not because I'm Irish, I'm not, but because I am Catholic. <laughs> Catholic boy, huh? So huh? they were they're they're the Catholic college, my man, and that that's the one that everyone can kind of root for. They say, look at them. They're they're going to mass on Fridays. Look, they're doing great. Mm-hmm. Good uh, for you guys. We, we have a scene here where a sports journalist is asking high school kids things, and we don't hear the interview. But I'm like, 
what opinions they'll have. Cause I know that grown ass sports athletes are like kind of famous for being like the ultimate, <laughs> like not great interviews. So I'm like, what about the high school version of that? What are their thoughts going to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like very, what a, what a fun job. Uh, well, they, the high school kids hear what the professionals say and they say very similar things. Right? Exactly. It becomes a cycle. Uh, yeah. And then we get to find we get to the path to states. It's like sure. the the city finals, uh, and you get like the team, the monarchs or something like that. I don't know what the mm-hmm. hell they were called, but there's like these lumbering seven foot tall basketball high school kids that just appear. You're like, what the fuck? It's like, oh, and they're yeah, this team. This is like the team that like they, they want to be the kings. I think is what they're called. Uh, and they they're they're like famous like in the like this the country for being like the best team in the country uh, points wise like that it's like yeah but they they all they do is put resources into like like sniping the best people for their basketball team to get that title and you're like yeah we just happen to have two seven foot tall kids in the in Chicago right now and all the same school it's weird and they play basketball well, weirdly enough too and they're gigantic men. Well, I mean, I, I experienced that too. Sometimes when I played, you see a guy and you're like, what is that dude, like 38? Uh-huh. And uh, some 18-year-olds some just have the uh, the muscle tone of uh, uh-huh. like a 30-year-old. And you yeah. just go, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> right, that guy's uh, in a lot better shape than I am. Wow. Yeah. And then you try your best. And uh, usually it doesn't amount to much, but you try. You try. Yeah, we weren't a winning high school, Jarrett, when I mm-hmm. played sports. Yeah, and so, yeah, we get to the end where um, we get the Mr. Coach telling uh, William, it's like, hey, uh, kid, I'm, you know, I'm just, I've been here helping you, trying to get you ready for the rest of your life. And uh, we're, we're here for you and stuff like that. But you're like, huh, you just kind of cherry pick who you're helping, all based on your his ability to help you win at sports. That's what mm-hmm. this is actually. This is yes. hor- this is horrid, uh, but it's like how you decide. You, this is your determining factor. You're like, well, we don't want. We don't really know which kid to spend our time with. You pick any one of them, and uh, you don't know which one's going to pay off. But if the one comes at you and they're good at sports, we'll put a little bit more effort on you. How about that? Save us the time. We'll forget about the rest. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I would do with you on a weekly basis, almost. Yeah, and then we get the this wonderful line of, well, another walks out the door, another one walks in the door, and that's what it's all about. And you go, it, I, if being an educator? What's well, a cycle, Jarrett? Yeah, cycle of horror. Yeah, it is uh, in this scenario, but it's all low-key. You, you can draw your own conclusions based on this. Uh, yeah, and you get to you find out William's grade gets rounded up, which is good for him, but it's also kind of, uh, I feel like, an indictment of this system that is being fostered. Um, and Hey RJ, how many hard rocks cafe t-shirts have you owned? I think one, definitely one, maybe two. Okay. But, uh, it was, I never went to that place. They were gifted to me. So what about you? Same. I I had one. Like, you know, like someone goes somewhere like an aunt or uncle. It's like, Hey, I got you a t-shirt kid. It's like hard rock cafe. And you go, cool. I think mine might've been for Banff. (laughs) The Banff hard. There yeah. was a Hard Rock Cafe in Banff. I think so. Yeah. And... I think so. Not in Creepsville. No. No. God. Oh yeah. <laughs> Creepsville. Can you yeah. imagine? I, I make, make I it happen, imagine. Rob. Make it happen, Rob Eagle. 
it would uh, the hard rock in Creepsville. Well, yeah. there would be no masks, and it would be the highest COVID in North America. <laughs> proud and proud of it, as we've already established in the preamble. No. We're well, doing great, you guys. We're doing excellent, excellent. Hey, RJ. Um, yeah. So I, I think Hoop Dreams is great. Great Clearly. Piece of, great piece of documentary filmmaking. Um, not much more to add because I just talked about it for forever and a half. What did you think of Hoop sure. Dreams? It's definitely not as good as E.T. I can tell you that much. No. Uh, yeah, no. Hoop Dreams is pretty cool, man. Uh, I like Hoop Dreams quite a bit. It is... Even though it is a three-hour documentary, goes by pretty fast. I didn't really notice it. I threw it on on a Sunday, just kind of sat on the couch, and then after three hours, it was over, and I went, cool. I didn't feel like I wasted my time, which is a uh, usually a uh, big stamp of approval. But uh, no, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I like Hoop Dreams quite a bit, too, for all the stuff that we were talking about. But uh, So I, I will be... I, as I've kind of mentioned already, I guess I'll be the other side of that where it's like, yeah, I played all the sports. I like, I do see the appeal of it. I think now my opinion is a little bit slanted just because of current things where it's just like, it's like, I know why it's a priority. It's money. And it's like entertainment for people who can't do anything else. But at the same time, it's like, should this be the priority, which is kind of an issue. But, uh, so anyways, I, I like that stuff. And I think this movie, more than anything, it's just a mark about uh, kind of capitalism in America. More Cap- than anything. Capitalism? Well, like this whole thing, it's just like, it's like, this is the American dream. It's like, and it could be yours too. It's about society. If you try it's hard about, enough. It's about society. It's about what what the possibilities are for uh, being a, uh, you know, black kid in the from the inner city. It's like, hey. This is one of the ways out, and you're. It's the one thing this documentary doesn't touch upon is the the statistical possibility of that, and yeah. the the one Loop reality does. Yeah, they run a stat for you with some yeah. like weird like gunfire like sound effects and some yeah. like talk, talk, talk. something out of like the um, the Charles Band sound effect library for yeah. its musical choices, and, and then like Matrix uh, type uh, like yeah. actual type. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I think what they say is it's like point point oh three percent chance of actually making it to the NBA as like an American high school player, something like that. Hmm. So that's good. Higher chance of dying of COVID, probably. Probably lower, yeah. lower chance. Yeah. Probably. But yeah, great. I, I mean, great. Grim. <laughs> but, I... but that's it. But it's like I mean, it's something to do. It's fun get to hang out with your friends and and then it then probably gets less it seems to get less fun as, mm-hmm. as people start taking more things seriously as happens usually when you try to go pro things become a little less fun um mm-hmm. but then there's a lot of, there's a lot of money in this and i, I often think I, thought, I was thinking about like depictions of basketball usually in movies gambling seems to like be a part of that depiction well have you ever heard of uncut gems buddy or, or the the gambler no, Uncut Gems. Oh, that too. Well, Adam that... Sandler film. I, I'm aware. Yeah, it's an Adam Sandler film uh, that came out a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Stars Kevin Garnett and Adam Sandler. Yes, <laughs> I agree with you. But yeah, I, me watching, like, when I was watching this whole thing, all I could think of was, I was like, this is just, like, 
it's capitalism kind of stuff. And I know that's just because that's what's popular now and that's what all people talk about. But it's like you see it where it's all this talk. It's like this is it. It's like it's on you. You can get out of here if you're good enough kind of thing. And it's all these lies that they tell but, people. But they've it's like, also look, it's happened to look at all these yeah. other people who've done it. And it's like it's it's attainable. But but, but the, the underpinning is like they've already given up. Like everyone's yeah. given up already. And they're like, if it works out, that's amazing. Like it's almost a surprise when mm-hmm. it does because it's like so far-fetched. And there is so much like like weird hopelessness. But at the same time, there is like the, the people throw their hats into – like in Hoop Dreams, I do find it, it kind of does kind of feel hopeless a lot of the time. Like I think there are people who are far more positive forces, but – I don't think that was the scope of this particular documentary of people who are trying to better things. But uh, when I was watching, again, the um, the Don Iverson uh, documentary, there's like this mm-hmm. comment because it's uh, Hampton. Oh, what state is that set in? Uh, like New Hampton? No. It's, New Hampshire? Hampton. It's, the, it's on the, the peninsula. It's like where apparently like a bunch of players all come from. But Rhode Island? No. Did I say Don Iveson? Don Ive? What is it? Alan Iverson? Al- Alan I- Iverson. Thank you. I keep wanting to say Don. <laughs> well, Alan Iverson is the answer. Virginia. Those. Virginia. Okay. So Virginia. Yeah. And they're like, man, you know, this community, it hasn't changed in 30 years. And you look at the footage from like when he was a kid and you look at the footage of what it looks like now. And you're like, this is a, a place in a weird state of things. Like it's like completely run out like there's no improvement the houses don't change the streets don't change it's just kind of like stopped and you're like that's weird mm-hmm. in, in a country that prides itself upon it's like changing and mo- mobility it's like no Allegedly. it's kind of just it feels like things have stalled out in a way and there's this illusion otherwise about like no it's great anyone can make anything they want to be you go can they allegedly yeah the tools are all there more than any other place in the world. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's what they say, right? Where it's just, it's like, it's like, uh, this is very hard. Not a lot of people can do this, but you could, if you put yourself to it. Well, I mean, eventually Arthur's got his, uh, he's got his t-shirt hustle. Well, yeah, but it killed his dad. Well, his dad does indeed get, uh, murdered behind uh, the house. Mm-hmm. Um, back, was it 2014, 2004 ish, something like that. Some, somewhere around there, but yeah. And, um, what was I even saying? Yeah. I feel like that's like the whole point of this movie. It's just like, Hey man, America sucks. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, they're like, I mean, oh yes, there it is. Yeah. His father was killed in 2004. And then. One thing that I, I found really... Oh, and uh, the I don't know if you've looked at all the grim deaths that encircle this family. So Curtis uh, Gates, he's dead. Um, Arthur Arthur apparently was uh, arrested and held on a $30,000 bail for, quote, after being charged with aggravated battery for punching a woman in West Suburban Forest Park. The charges were later dropped without prosecution. And that's kind of yeah. where things left off on that front. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it happens. You know, people get charged for stuff sometimes. Uh, one thing that I, th- I found uh, very frustrating in this movie was um, the coach. 
mm. uh, old, old, gross coach, especially because like his big thing was all about IT. Isaiah Thomas. Oh yeah. And uh, he's just like he's like this could be you, and he's just holding on to that forever. Every year, you know, he tells kids, "You could be the next Isaiah Thomas," and like the one scene that really bugged me. And I think it's like I think it's mostly because like he probably knows he's being filmed, but they're just watching a game of Isaiah Thomas's and the coach. Anytime that it does something good, he looks over at like William. He's like, see, see, do you, do you see? Do you get it? And like he'll just like keep looking over. He's like, I taught him that. I showed him how to do that. He's like, you can do it, too. And you're just like, go away. Yes. Like the. At the old it's not school. you, and like I do wonder about the effectiveness of this old timey shouty coach shit, the verbally abusive bully thing. It's like, is that does that work? Do we actually have evidence um, of it, or is it a learned thing through the through time? I don't know. Yeah. Well, you're not allowed to do that anymore. Yes. It's... People get, will get sued for doing that now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think like the abusive thing works, but like there is something about, uh, I had a, my football coach, he would get fucking riled up. Like one time he kicked a door off the hinges, but like, he didn't tell us like that. We were like pieces of shit. Like these coaches do. He was just like fucking jacked up. And he's like, he would be like, let's roll. And then like, that would pump you up quite a bit. (laughs) Why? Why is that? Because you, you see a dude kick a door off the hinges and he says, Hey, Get your fucking face ready, and then you go. All right, fear. I will. Fear, huh? Yeah. yeah, but like, and that's what I mean. It wasn't the abusive thing. It was just that the raw energy was uh, palpable, and you could feel it. Yes. So, uh, I think there's something to that, but uh, not the abusive side. Where, uh, you know, like you don't want Creepsville had that coach who uh, was very <laughs> abusive to uh, their uh, her hockey. Uh, players and uh that's probably the thing you don't want to do like what she she's like what do you what are you gay and like Ooh. what do you what are you sad because your grandparents died and it's just like whoa <laughs> relax <laughs> lady oh boy hey, that's oh well public record. She, she got a nice payout don't worry they oh, take well. they, they take care of you I, yeah i don't know how that and, resolved and in the and in the that. meantime they've completely ended the program anyway what a, yeah, it's a, gone. A, yeah, it's gone now. Well, unres- unrelated, just because of funding, yeah. but it worked out. Uh, sure. oh yeah, Curtis Gates was murdered uh, on September tenth, two thousand one, one day before, oh. and because um, he was apparently was caught in a love triangle. So that's a bummer. Yeah, it happens. Th- you know, it, it happens as you say. Yeah, I, I mean, I, if if romantic comedies have led me to believe anything, it's that. Uh, Love happens in threes, always. Always. It's like, what am I going this way or that way? I don't know. No. Like, haven't you ever seen uh, Runaway Bride or Message in a Bottle or She's Got Mail or what are some other rom-coms, Jared? Um, I don't know if you want to talk about hoop reality or have have more to say about hoop dreams and, and your thoughts on uh, what, I mean what what you no, got out of this. No, it's like I said. I, I think this is more of a talk of the uh, the lie that uh, the, the American people have been told, Jarrett, which is uh, you know something else entirely. But uh, I liked it. It's a good show. I like watching basketball. Um, hoop reality is. 
fine. I don't think it's essential. It's nice to see the update on Arthur Agee, but other than that, like... Who narrates this? Yeah, other than that, I didn't get much out of it. Yeah, this, 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 like, is, this is all about Patrick Beverly. There's no William yep. Gates stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, and the coach from the high school for Arthur, he died. We find out. Uh, yep. Yep, so he's dead. His dad's dead. It's like, God damn it. Yeah. Don't well, people die, man. People do. Oh, I think I, I looked up Hoop Dreams, and it's like one of the other players uh, from the school at the time that Hoop Dreams was being shot. Um, he was uh, shot and paralyzed. Well, that's one of those things you should read, and you go, oh, yeah. That happens, too. Marvelous, marvelous. Um, yeah. And then, so I did check out, like, there was a Q&A from the, it was like, a, like part of the 20th anniversary revival circuit. Uh, mm-hmm. Like they were doing interviews and stuff like that. Uh, I think the one, the, the producer for this, he mentioned, or yeah, he mentioned that like at Sundance, the distributors that were watching, they're like, oh, we watched it. We loved it. Let's uh, take what you got though. And let's turn it into a movie. Let's, let's maybe let's make a movie with this story. We How bet did that work? It, it didn't happen, fortunately, but that's oh. that. But because people don't want to watch like documentaries, let alone three hour documentaries in theaters. It's not, it's not a good business. You gotta get people. It's not. No. Seems like a slab dunk in my opinion. No. There. <clears throat> hey, can you imagine though? Who, who would hate this movie? What kind of, what kind of human, uh... what kind of person hates hoop dreams? What kind of, People would online be attracted to review very negatively hoop dreams. Coaches? Perhaps coaches. Well, let's check it out. Half a star from Jeff Jansen. The most boring, pointless film I've ever seen. I mean, it's not pointless. Like, at all. But Tell me a little bit about Jeff Jansen, RJ. Uh, Jeff Jansen is logged 15 films on letterboxd the all they have all i can go off of is recent likes are inglorious bastards everything must go the will ferrell movie django and uh eternal sunshine that's it yeah this is like all they've watched the only low rating is for hoop dreams (laughs) and the high ratings are for those movies that they like this i don't know if this person even exists to be honest this was from two years ago. Mm-hmm. They logged on. They reviewed this movie to give it half a star, and then they, they logged then off. They pieced out. It's good. That's it. They wanted to make a point. Yeah, that's all they did. Maybe so, uh, maybe uh, Steve James like drove over Jeff Jansen's dog, and this was his reaction. And he's like, "Fuck you! I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the nastiest review imaginable." I mean, I think that review would have more weight to it, to be honest. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe Jeff's a limited man. Could be. He didn't really like the dog, but he felt like he had to do something. Huh. Replace dog with son <laughs> and son. <laughs> accidentally with repeatedly. repeatedly. Yeah. That's that's what I would like. Mm-hmm. I would prefer. Yeah. Uh, how about Alan Perry with a one-star review? More like poop dreams. <laughs> oh. Oh, bless your heart, Alan Perry. Oh, wrong know. time, but it's a solid joke. If 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 it was like a four star, more like poop dreams, that would be top of the top for uh, reviews. I think. Here's another weird anomaly. Uh, oh. Their bio says, "I'm just some dude," which yep. is fine. Whatever. 
they only have 16 films logged. Interesting. And they also logged this in 2019. So two years ago as well. Yep. So two years ago, Hoop Dreams must have been very doing something. Well, and uh, what are their favorite films? Anchorman, Fear and Loathing, Scarface, and Gremlins 2. <laughs> but like I said, they only have 16 films logged. So it's like that's... <laughs> And this is one they felt they needed to get off their chest. Interesting, isn't it, RJ? They have, okay, they have nine one-star ratings. Uh, City Lights, Nirvana Unplugged, Silence of the Lambs, basically all the Spider-Mans and the Godfathers. You ready for uh, another one here from Burke? Half, one, and, one and a half stars. How would, you, how would you start out your review? Would you go by saying... <clears throat> okay, before you lynch me, just hear me out. Ooh, buddy. This movie has the potential to become a TV series, but as a movie, it doesn't make me interested in it. I love basketball, and some of my closest friends had to choose between basketball and school, so I know what they are going through. But the one thing I love about this movie is the basketball sequences. It is real. The guys know how to dribble, how to shoot, because they are real basketball players, duh. In other movies, it is too fake. I think all the b-ball movies should learn something from this. So wait, do they like this film, or they don't like this film? They gave it one and a half stars. Okay, I don't know what Burke's deal is. Really? So, like, they have a little description in a different language, and I, I put it into Google, and all that popped up was a link to this letterbox page. So if anyone listening knows what this language is, Sanat Filmleri Erasinda Arim Yapmam Hepsi Gozumd Itst Deresidi Dergerezidir. So that's that for you, Jer. For some reason, I don't know, This this looks like like Hungarian almost. I hope not. Uh, anyways, favorite films are Mommy, the Canadian film, which you love. I think that's was that Xavier Dolan or uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Columbus from 2017, Breaking Away, the cycling film, interesting, and then Fearless Coward, starring Kamal Sunal. The fuck is this thing? From Turkey. Oh, so maybe this guy's Turkish. I don't. I don't know what's going on with Burke. His his picture is Matt Lillard. So <laughs> it's good, I guess. Half star film. Uh, nah, none of these are good. Yeah, I don't know what what's up with these people. This yeah. person especially. Yeah, and uh... oh, boy. There's one a little bit down called Arn. Okay. Which looks like, is that Arn Anderson? <laughs> I don't think it's actually Arn Anderson. BC, you, you found Arn. One and a half star. I was led to believe my life wouldn't be complete without Hoop Dreams. It's frequently listed as one of the best documentaries ever made. I was put off by a three-hour movie about basketball, which is probably my least favorite sport, and I'm including shit like golf rowing and weightlifting and i should have been i should have just gone with my gut on this one 
Roger Ebert reportedly was so disturbed about Hoop Dream's lack of Oscar nomination that he researched how documentaries were nominated and basically Academy of Members got bored with Hoop Dreams after 15 minutes. I gave it a good hour before wanting to switch it off. I dug the character studies and such, but there's too much crap about recruitment and ACTs, whatever they are, and it's painfully obvious that both players are being held back by their families. Even the better balanced Gates misses starting his own important high school game because his family got him there late. I think the lack of fairy tale hurts things. It's two kids from the wrong side of the tracks and they fail. I know Steve James couldn't cover enough kids that he'd eventually find a winner. And after the early going finds Arthur Aggie's fucked up family more interesting. The scene where his shirtless piece of shit dad buys crack while his son looks on from the court is the stuff of documentary dreams. But the film is so bloated and overlong that it outstays its welcome and then some. It was originally supposed to be a 30 minute TV spot and it would have been better off that way. I think this dude has issues with his own family. (laughs) Because uh, I didn't really find that the family was that dysfunctional. Like, I mean, it's it's not idyllic, but like, no no one's family is, you know. Like, and his thing is like, oh, you should focus on recruiters and test scores. It's like, no, no, no that's not, a, not, that's not recruited on those things. Oh well, not focused on those. Too much shit about that. Well, that's what I mean. It's just like, but that's what it all is. That's what that's what the whole point is. Um. <laughs> okay, so we have uh, this person, Arn, from uh, the UK, Jared. Wow. Here's a bio for you. I would estimate my DVD Blu-ray collection to be somewhere around 700. It is starting to get a bit out of control. <laughs> it used to be growing a lot quicker until everything went digital. I like projects. I like doing seasons. I like Christopher Walken a lot. I like Nick Cage. And Alan Rickman. I like 80s adventure movies. I watch way too many action films. I don't watch enough westerns, nors or uh, westerns, noirs, or war films. I own a Japanese copy of Meet the Feebles. <laughs> my 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 most watched videotape ever was Transformers the movie. I hate Michael Bay. That's all they got for us, man. Whoa. Favorite films. Goodfellas, Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Terminator, and The Princess Bride, <laughs> which we haven't had in a long time, to be honest. Those four films, exactly. I think we've had, what, uh, three, two, three mentions of Goodfellas tonight? Yeah, Goodfellas have been come up a lot. And those four films are frequently in the Who Hates favorites, but uh, we haven't had that exact uh, like the only thing missing is Back to the Future. So uh, I don't know, Arn. I don't know what your deal is, but yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. Just don't know. Well, goddamn, man. Goddamn. Here we are. Uh, <clears throat> any final thoughts on Hoop Dreams? It's a good show. People should watch it. Check See it. what life is like for check, people. Check it out next time it kind of comes uh, spinning around onto that Criterion channel. It's It's worth it. I think it is. You don't have to be a sports ball guy to get anything out of it. Well, it's, clearly, it's compelling. It is. It's like I said. It's a. Uh, it's a slice of Americana. <laughs> a big old slice of shit. Because it's a big c- shit c- sandwich. Because it's a big shit pie. 
the and, good kind. And, and we all want a slice of it because it's better than nothing. I mean, it's not even that we want it. You have no choice. You're getting a slice of it. You know, you'll get it one way or another. You might as well get the piece that you want. You're going to get it. Ugh. After the break, knee surgery for RJ. Are you going to watch it? No, it's disgusting. Get in those knees. Rock. Way to dribble up and down the court, just like I'm the king on the microphone. So it's Dr. J and Moses Malone. I like slam dunks and taking it to the hoop. My favorite play is the alley oop. I like the pick and roll, I like the give and go. Cause it's basketball, or Mr. Kirch's flow. RJ, can you whistle the basketball song? How's that sound for you, bud? Horrible. That's, that's not at all how that goes. That's a uh, that's a soft whistle for you, bud. I didn't want to hit you with a loud whistle. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. We've got YouTube. We've got Patreon. Next week, RJ, Spine 290, Louis Benwell's The Phantom of Liberty from 1974. I can't, I can't wait. Yeah, uh, that sounds super cool. I love Louis Benwell. He's one of my best buds. Do you love it as much as you love whistling? Take us away, RJ. Good night.